What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to our final episode of our September sequels. We're ending this month with a bang. We're here, joined by our good buddy, Josh Bowers from the HMC, to discuss yet another Rob Zombie movie. Hmm. So, yes. And that is Mark, and I am Brooke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting on it. If they don't know us by now. That's true. That's the only thing I get asked to talk about is Rob Zombie or Scream, so I've, you know, I'm used to it. <laughs> but we offered, and you accepted without any questions asked so i mean of course not i love it when you guys bring me on here to beat me up in front of your listeners <laughs> this is the first time you talked about halloween too i think isn't it though uh we did an episode on it last halloween so the hmc oh, right. did all michael myers halloween movies last october and um we did halloween too rob zombies mm-hmm. halloween too yes but since then no, I've not been on anybody else's podcast talk about it. So this is a this is a first. Fuck, we got some people that don't even know it exists. Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> I mean, we won't we won't name those people, but I will. It's Felicia from Two Chicks and Horror Flick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. So before we hop into this movie discussion, what have you guys been up to? What have you been watching? Us three, we're in a fucking tooth and nail <laughs> movie competition <laughs> dude it's so year. brutal honestly and i told you guys this before so it's not a shocker i cannot wait for that to be over to be honest with you yeah yeah i honestly don't do anything but watch movies in my spare time now it's, it's taking the fun out of it because like it's, I, it's, it is, it is. <laughs> i yeah. sit down like i want to watch a tv show because there's all these yeah. great series out right now and I'm like, well, fuck, yeah. I don't get any credit for that. Like, no, I'm mm-hmm. just going to put a movie on. Yeah. yeah. I know, to be honest, I've started to watch a bit more TV with uh, with the girlfriend every now and then. Good, motherfucker. Um, I know. I'm still trying to watch movies at the same time, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we watched, uh, we finished Clickbait in like a week. Nice. It was really good. Really good. I heard it was good. Yeah. Um, and then we just started the new show Squid Games. Oh, on, on Netflix, and it's really good so far. We watched two episodes. Is that like kind, Japanese game shows? Kind of. It's kind of like a mixture of like um, MXC and Saw. Oh, <laughs> what? Jesus. Yeah, people are dying. Yeah, legit, man. No, what? stop it! Like cutting body yes. parts off. Well, not that far yet, but there is like a lot of killing in it. Like not just in the game, but oh, in I the thought- real world too. This is what a game? the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah. So okay, the the premise, basically, all these people who owe debts, they are captured by this group, and they're given a chance to win six games, and they win money. But I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but people die in the game. They just think they're being eliminated, but they actually die. I thought this was like legit, just a game show. Yeah. No, it's a, like a Netflix show. It's. Oh yeah, and I know it's on Netflix, but well, I didn't I mean, realize it was like an acted out show. I thought yeah, it was a reality so. TV show. Yeah. yeah. No, it is okay. not. Okay. It has um, it has the dad from Train to Busan in it. Oh nice. It has some other recognizable uh, Korean actors. Uh, yeah. So we watched two episodes. I really like it so far. Cool. Did you had me screwed up for a minute? Me too. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I know, I know those fucking Asian game shows are nuts, but like they're actually killing people in the Yeah, like I don't I mean, want to watch that. Put, yeah, but uh, so yeah, I've watched those two shows. Um, for movies, I watched The Faculty, 
Uh, I've seen it before, but I've been watching it a while, so I wanted to watch it before I listen to your episode on it, um, Josh, uh, which is like a few weeks old now, but um, so many people in that movie. Holy shit. Just Such a like good that. movie. I think it's a great yeah. movie myself. I won't say great. It's a good movie. Yeah, I think I agree there. Um, I watched a movie called The Florida Project. It's not a horror movie. movie, but it's a great fucking movie. Um, and watched Coraline for the first time. <laughs> first time. And? Yeah. Uh, it was okay. It's a creepy movie for a kid's movie. It is, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't like blown away by it, but it was okay. It's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's about it. Good. I think I finally have more than you for a week. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? All right. Um, so I took my own advice on our last recording. We did Saw 2. No, two recordings ago. Yeah, because yeah, 28 weeks later was our last one. But whenever we did Saw 2, Brooke, I said to you, this would be a perfect time for you to go through and watch all the movies again because you <laughs> did that last year. Um, but anyways, I took my own advice and I've started doing that and I got to admit you were right. It's a lot <laughs> It is like watching these movies back to back to back. It's like, Oh man. Yeah. Um, but I'm up to saw seven now. So 3d, I guess. Jesus. You blasted through those. Yeah. I've watched four this week. Um, and what else have I watched? I watched Christina P's Mother Inferior, which is now on Netflix. Stand-up mm. comedy. Josh can do it, so I can too. Hilarious, dude. <laughs> I love Christina P. Fuck you guys. I, I do too, but I don't know. This like the show was good, but it was I don't know. It went off the rails a few times. Uh, I watched two new movies on Shudder, one called Martyrs Lane. Very good movie. I definitely recommend checking that out. It's kind of fucking heartbreaking towards the end, but all in all, it's good. And I watched Woe, W-O-E, and it's dog shit. Do oh, not, okay. Do not recommend. I also watched Citizen Kane. That's from, random. From 1941. Okay. <laughs> that supposed to be like the best movie ever made or something like that? That's why I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And? Uh, yeah. Most definitely not the best movie I've ever seen. But I mean, it's is okay. it better than Shawshank? No, Shawshank's like a six out of five. This movie, I gave a four out of five. Hmm. Fair enough. And I watched Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back. Oh, with Brady. Very nice. I put it on so he could watch it, and then I watched it too. <laughs> you got to get those kids' movies in, dude. That's the way you to really increase your numbers. For sure, man. But my mm. kid just wants to watch the same shit over and over ah, and over again. Yep. Mm. That happens. Like, let's watch Detective Pikachu for the 500th time this week. You should do it. No. <laughs> Agreed. They don't count. <laughs> um, I saw that Shudder's doing like 61 days of horror. So I'm really curious to see what that is. Yeah, they haven't put anything up yet. No. Well, it's not October yet. Well, I mean, if there's 61 days, you'd think they'd start it early. Uh, yeah, I guess end at Halloween, I guess. New season of Creepshow's yeah. on there, though. And Snowpiercer. Why the fuck is Snowpiercer on Shudder? The TNT show? Well, no, the movie that the show is based off of. Oh. oh they must be hurting seen... for content. I mean, it's I not know. a horror movie. Maybe because Bong Joon-ho directed it, maybe? 
and he did like the host yeah. and maybe site. maybe there's your answer guess so brooks caught them all what have you been watching josh besides jojo siwa i watched a little jojo siwa movie's not great but it counts as a movie so i I definitely did sit down and watch it with the girls um fuck i don't know dude let me see what i've been up to here so i i I don't know if i told you guys this or not but i went through all of the underworld movies Mm -hmm. went back Mm -hmm. and revisited them i still love them some of them are really bad um i have to agree with you though i redid all the saw movies for um another horror pod when we ranked all of them and it's a it's a a big undertaking to watch all those fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I almost feel like it is to their detriment when you watch them. Cause then you really realize how bad they are. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them, some of them are good. A lot mm-hmm. of them are bad. Um, yeah. What have I been up to here? Boys? Let's see. Malignant. Did you guys both watch malignant yet? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Wow. Mark. Uh, so I haven't watched it list. yet. Okay. All right. Well, I won't go into too much. Tawny and I went off for about 30 minutes on Malignant, and she's going to have to cut it out of the episode. She's going to put it on Patreon as like bonus content. But like we went off the rails on some, we had the exact same feelings on it. So it was easy to bounce, you know, complaints off each other. But yeah, yeah you guys have checked that out on their Patreon. Uh, she's, I think she's putting it up there. But uh, so for the HMC, we did um, our cabin trip. So we did all the wrong. We watched all the wrong turn movies, and then did an episode on just the wrong turn franchise. But we did uh, single episodes on wrong turn one and two. And then when we got back from the cabin, we just continued the cabin month. So so I thought we did Eden Lake, which does not have a cabin in it, just so everybody's aware. Um, <laughs> Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Secret Window. So I think all those will be out by the time this comes out. And then this Halloween, instead of, or this October, instead of doing Michael Myers movies, we decided to do uh, Stray Away from That. And we're doing um, Witchtober, so just witch based movies. Um, and we're going to be doing The Craft, nice. uh, Practical nice. Magic, mm. Lords of Salem, and Hocus Pocus. Very nice. So that'll You're be doing our, The Craft Legacy. No, uh, didn't one of you watch it and tell me not to watch it that I my head would explode? Yeah. I think both of us man. told you the same thing. Yeah, yeah, don't awesome watch movie. it. Your head will explode. I think it. is exactly yeah. what you guys told me. So I stayed away from it because I value my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let me guess. Uh, Lords of Salem was your pick. Yes, it was. It was. And it, Practical Magic was Seth's pick. Jess picked Practical Magic, and she really? actually was very hesitant to pick it. She because she said, "I really want to do Practical Magic. It's not a horror movie. It is a witch movie." But she was like, "I don't. It doesn't really fit what we do." And I'm like, "What do we do exactly?" Because let's be honest, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we want talk a lot about a, a, we talk a lot about horror movies, but come on, I mean, we can mm-hmm. throw some fame. We did King Kong for Christ's sake. That's true. Well, King Kong is considered a horror movie, though. I think so. The yeah. original one for sure. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. I figured it was Seth because of the fucking movie that he picked for our October. Oh yeah. The uh the chick from the craft is in that movie that you guys are gonna be watching, the worst yeah. witch. Yeah. For yeah, That's why Mark was excited. I said the cast was good. I'm not excited to do that movie. <laughs> He's excited. I'm just impressed that he got you guys to lower your uh, your time down because you know he goes to bed at like seven. Yeah, I forget what time we said. I think we agreed on seven thirty. Mm. It was originally eight. Good on so. you because he goes to bed early. Yeah, he loves us. He's excited, man. He's never done an episode by himself. That's good. 
We're popping that cherry. You have to take it easy on mm-hmm. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Josh, you're already drinking. Brooke, he's making me jealous, so I'm just going to open mine now. All right. Ooh. Mm. Was that a skunky bush light? <laughs> It might be. It might have been sitting in my basement for too long. I don't know. That had a smell to it. When it yeah. <laughs> Yuck, dude. Is it warm? No. That's good. No, it's not warm. What was this? Uh... Yeah, that look on your face was like, what yeah, did it, I just I don't know. In? I don't know. It's good, though. It's fine. Okay. It's just a diesel, a Bush diesel? Yeah. Okay. I got the ice cold Miller Lite, as everybody knows. I've been drinking since Seth and Jess and I recorded at five today, so. Nice. I'm Perfect. drinking a gin and tonic. Wow. It's very civilized. I had, civilized. I had my, my beer limit camping this weekend. So, oh, man. How was that? It was fun. It was good. Um, I've been camping a long ass time. So, the first night was a struggle. Didn't get a fire going because <laughs> the, the park's wood was not that dry. Ah. So. No shit. It fucking downpoured the night before. I know it was like fucking so dry and damp, but uh, the next day we had one going the whole day. So that's good. We made up. We made up for it. Did you take yeah. camp? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only you way to, to do it. Had to boost your neighbor's car. They did. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They gave us freezies though. So, you know. Oh, nice. What is that? Uh, ice pops. Is oh, that what you guys call them? Like a popsicle? Well, like in the in the plastic, like if oh the frozen juice. Okay, that's what uh, you call it. Yeah, no, the girls is calling popsicles, but it's basically frozen. You get them and they look like Kool Aid in a pack. They're are they're not like, not frozen. They're warm, and then you stick them yeah. in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freezies. Mm. A freezy call them popsicles. Yeah, they're popsicles. No, popsicles have a stick. Yeah, I could see why you would think that. No, they do. <laughs> <laughs> tomato tomato so, tomato what do you tomato. call popsicles then a popsicle a freezy would be like a slushy okay we call them slushies yeah what, what do you call a popsicle with a stick oh uh, well generally we call them by whatever it is so like the red white and blue ones those are firecrackers um okay. you've got like your ice cream ones they have like the ice cream and then they like dip them in the cookies and shit you know those yeah um and then you've got like the uh, cream sickles. That's the orange with the uh, the vanilla inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What other ones what are you, there? What do you call just plain old popsicles? Popsicles. <laughs> Does that not get confusing? No. Well, you got freezies and you got popsicles, but you call them both popsicles. Yeah, we. Dad, can I have a popsicle? Yeah, go get one out of the garage. They go out to the do garage, want- refrigerator, and they pick out whatever they want. I don't have to go look for it. Do you want so one do with you a say, stick or yeah, with no stick? Yeah, I was going to say that. I, dude, I'm 34 years old. I don't eat popsicles. <laughs> I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care, hey, fuck, what they go oh, get. Man. As long as they bring me in a beer when they go get their popsicle. It's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. They don't even usually get sickle out. It's, Dad, can I get a pop? Yes. Bring me a beer. We're getting, we're getting cultured right now. No, not really. It's just, I'm a dumb <laughs> hillbilly, dude. I don't know. Hmm. I enjoy frozen beer. Well, frozen beer popsicle. No, you freeze it, right? And you kind of break it up a little bit. You got to let it sit out a little bit, and then you toss it in the blender, and it, you know what I mean? Gets it going. Yeah, yeah. Then you just. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Uh, you'll never know. <laughs> uh, I can picture him doing it. 
Huh? A beer margarita. Fucking spoon in today. Yes, they have those here. Bud Limeritas is what they're called. You go to we the have okay. We have Coronaritas or whatever they're called. Mm, it's too fancy. They do Corona. Yeah, they do as Corona. Mm-hmm. Too fancy for me. You know why you got to put a lime in a Corona? Because it tastes like piss. There you go. <laughs> All right, this conversation's gone on too long. <laughs> this this could be one of those like cutting room floor fucking segments for Patreon. There you go. <laughs> Uh okay, where are we here? Fuck, I guess it's time to hop into the movie discussion. So we'll cue the theme music. Like we said in the intro this week, we were talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. Starting off the synopsis, Laurie Strode struggles to come to terms with her brother Michael's deadly return to Haddonfield, Illinois. Meanwhile, Michael prepares for another reunion with his sister. So it's kind of misleading. Mm. Yeah. The synopsis makes you think that Lori knows he's alive throughout the entire movie when realistically she only knows for like the last 15, 20 minutes. Correct. Yes. Totally agreed. Yeah. It's a mess. Like some of this movie. She's not really struggling with Michael. She's more struggling with herself. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is more like a psychological movie for her. Yes. This Halloween Rob Zombie's Halloween was a Michael Myers movie. Clearly, mm-hmm. tells the whole story of Michael from a kid all the way through him becoming the Michael Myers everybody knows. Mm-hmm. This movie is a Laurie Strode movie. This shows Laurie's descent into madness like Michael did in the first one, but mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of different layers that that synopsis doesn't cover whatsoever. No, not at all. Terrible synopsis. Whoever put that on the page should be fired. Immediately. <laughs> uh, this movie was directed by Rob Zombie I don't need to go into details about him We've talked about him multiple multiple times And at this point in your life If you don't know who he is or the movies that he's directed You should not be listening to this podcast Wow In my opinion Wow If you do though You could go over to the Horror Movie Crew Podcast or On all major <laughs> podcast platforms We'd be happy to have you listen to us So you HMC on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon Music, Google Wherever you get your you podcast You got lots of Rob Zombie movies to talk about on there too yeah, we do. We talk a lot about. It. Actually, we haven't. No, but you specifically just talk about Rob Zombie a lot. Yeah, like even when I'm sleeping, yeah. it drives Abby crazy. She's like, "Josh, <laughs> shut the fuck up." I feel like we've done more Rob Zombie movies than HMC at this point. Oh, we got this one, Halloween. The three, the, the three. They had the Firefly trilogy, so that's five. Yeah, we haven't touched those. The problem is we theme every month, so if it doesn't fit into that specific theme, it's hard to get yeah. it in. Yeah. I'm shocked you haven't done a Rob Zombie themed month yet. Seth's head would explode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving to the cast. Uh, leading off is Scout Taylor Compton, who plays Lori. She's obviously in the first Hello- Rob Zombie Halloween movie. An American Crime, The Runaways, and a few episodes of Nashville, the TV show. 
Uh, next up is Malcolm McDowell, who plays Dr. Loomis. He's in Truth Seekers, a Castlevania animated movie, I think it was, or a show, actually. Yeah, show. Uh, Clockwork Orange, Tank Girl, and Star Trek Generations. Brad Dourif plays Sheriff Brackett. He's most famously known for his uh, voice acting for Chucky from the Child's Play movies. Uh, he was in Lord of the Rings, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Dune. And lastly, I have Tyler Maine, who played Michael Myers. He's from X-Men, Troy, Victor Crowley, and The Devil's Rejects. Yes. I have a shit ton of honorable mentions because there is a lot of fucking cameos <laughs> in this movie. I was waiting. <laughs> I was like, what? Come on. Uh... All right. Of course, Sherry Moon Zombies in this. Our girl, Danielle Harris. Uh, Dayton Callie, who is from Sons of Anarchy. That's where I recognized him from. Mm. Richard Brake, Octavia Spencer, Margot Kidder, and Caroline Williams. Is there anybody that you guys had that I didn't name? Mm, not really. Uh, Jeff but- Daniel Phillips is in it as well. Who's that? He is uh, the bouncer at the club, and he's also the oh, uh, white face painted dude at the uh, Halloween party. He's in a bunch of Rob Zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the warden in Three from Hell, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, true. And uh, um, the security guard at the hospital, too, he's pretty famous. Uh, Robert Reilly or Riley, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's got the big old furry mustache. Yeah, I think there was two people from Sons, Sons of America in this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah Mark Boone uh, Jr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Um, Buddy. Buddy is his name in the show. The security guard. Yeah, he, that's yeah. his name in the movie. Yeah. Yep. What do you guys think of this cast list? I mean, it's it's pretty much the same as the first Halloween movie, but. Um, I, I have a lot to say about the cast list later on. I just okay. feel like it's another movie that zombie has to put all like his friends in. <laughs> hmm. I, don't, I would argue that, but that's fine. Especially sharing moon zombie. Like I have a lot to say oh. about her in this movie. I don't know. I think it was not the way I would have had it, but again, I'm not a film director. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> you know who's notably missing from the cast list that's generally in Rob Zombie's movies? Otis. Otis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play the security guard or uh, at the at the club, mm-hmm. but uh, I forget why. It had something to do with scheduling or something. The studio called him away. He couldn't be in it, I guess. I don't know why exactly, but that's when the other actor ended up playing both. That's why he's in the movie in two different roles. Okay, gotcha. Right. Because um, uh, Bill Mosley was supposed to play the bouncer at the club. Mm. Okay. Um, I have a question for you guys. Um, they recast young Michael Myers. Yep. Um, which I think was definitely a mistake, but I, I, I read that Zombie thinks that he, the other actor would have aged. He aged too much for what he wanted. Um, which is understandable, like only two years, but if he knew he was making the second one, why wouldn't he just film all his scenes when mm. they filmed the first one? Because I'm going to hit you with a bit of trivia. Beat to it, Josh. <laughs> you think you're going to beat me to it? 
this movie was never supposed to be made. Correct. Rob mm-hmm. Zombie did not want to make a sequel, but the Weinstein brothers forced his hand at it with promises of them allowing Rob Zombie to make uh, a movie that he wanted to make right after it. 12 years later, that movie still has not been released. Okay. Or made. Josh, you want to say something? No, just that he did. Again, this movie was never supposed to happen. He didn't want to make it. And he actually said no at first. And then they got two other people to, I think, write and direct it. And he didn't want them to add on to his movie or whatever. So that's when he agreed a year later after, because they were already going to make this. He agreed to come back and do it. Mm -hmm. See, like, that's why I love having these discussions with you guys, because like shit like that, like changes how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's a lot of stuff in here. I can like delete zombie and fucking write Weinstein company because, you know, (laughs) they're the problem, not, not zombie, which, you know, well, the other movie also has never been released because he cut ties with them. It was his own decision to cut mm. ties with them because of what the ridiculous process it was to get this. He's, I, I have never talked to the man. I tell, like I tell you this every time, but it, from what I've read, it's like they. It was the most studio interference he'd ever had to deal with making mm-hmm. this movie, and that's why at the end of it, he was like, "Fuck it, like I'm done." Yeah, yeah, I, don't I, I can, him. I can see why definitely. Josh told me I had to make sure I came with research. So I did I, not. That's my tidbit of research. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> One other thing about this movie is um, there are two versions of it, which I kind of talked to you guys a, a bit about before. There's the mm-hmm. theatrical release and the director's cut. So depending on which version you watch, you can potentially watch, in my opinion, two pretty different movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that being said, there's also some weird cuts and edits in this movie that if you're not looking for them, you probably won't notice them. But, um, a lot of the footage got sent out to the studio for editing, etc., and it like went through an X-ray machine at the airport and oh. got ruined. So they had to really, yeah. So they actually had to fly Richard Brake back over to reshoot all his parts because all of his footage got damaged. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. So this movie was, from what I again have read, it was an agonizing movie to make. Mm-hmm. But especially like have that all that shit on top of the fact that he didn't even want to make this movie. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he and went he can... into it with the mindset that he was going to, cause if you remember the first one uh, the studio intervened a lot and kind of held, I won't say forced his hand, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was the true vision of where he wanted that movie to go. At least yeah. all of it, but it's still a fantastic movie, but I think that was his thought process going into this was, I'll do what I want to do, right? So I'm, I don't plan on doing another one after this anyway. So mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't seen what Rob Zombie is capable of doing mm-hmm. because it seems like in most of his movies, there's a lot of interference from producers and the companies and whatnot. Yeah. Like I feel like we just had this conversation with Josh when mm-hmm. we were talking about Three from Hell and we mentioned, you know, the first one, I didn't really like it as much as, you know, YouTube. And then Josh, you know, mentioned the things about him getting interfered with and stuff like that. I think he should just like make an independent movie, do whatever the fuck he wants and drop it under his own name. Well, he did with 31, right? That whole movie was fan paid for, fan crowdfunded. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know if you like, I love 31. I don't know if you guys like it or not, but. 
I need to rewatch it. I didn't like yeah. it on the first watch. I haven't seen it. Um, I was gonna watch it the other other week though. Yeah, like it'd be cool if he, you know, went up and did a movie with like Elijah Woods, you know, com- movie company or whatever it's called or something like that. Mm-hmm. Someone more like independent. Someone that's not gonna interfere. Just let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point, the guy's made like 12, what? How many movies? 12? 10? Uh, Nine? I can't remember. Anyways, regardless. Right. But I mean, like, you know that he can do it. You know that he has these visions. And I mean, every movie that he comes out with is pretty popular. So, I mean, just let him do what he wants to do. Hmm. I want to see what this movie is that the Weinstein brothers promised him. Like, if he's able to do it without their name on it. Has it was it sort of. even I don't even know that it was filmed. I don't think so. Is it the hockey movie? It was called Tyrannosaurus Rex. How was it about the wrestler? Oh, okay. It was supposed to be about like an old almost I don't want to say like the movie The Wrestler, but I think it had mm-hmm. it's pretty similar um it's comparable I think cuz I I, I don't mm. know, but that's what I think it was about a wrestler traveling or something. Okay. So not a horror movie? I don't know interesting i don't know mark <laughs> you're supposed to know i know sorry it's the only reason you guys have me on here <laughs> all right before we hop into this movie discussion how do you guys compare this to rob zombie's original adaptation of halloween josh go first yes sir um i rated it so i gave the original movie a five on the hmc and i did not rate this one as high but it's still really high for me um Again, I think it's a different movie, the first one. And I think going into this, I think a lot of people had the wrong mindset of what this was going to be. Because people will go to a Halloween movie wanting to get a, a Michael Myers movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. a Laurie Strode movie. Um, yeah. And it's not your typical Halloween movie. But his first one really wasn't either. But I mean, even for coming out of the first Halloween into this one, I think that it probably surprised people of what they were actually getting. Just based even based on that synopsis you read, right? Yeah. So, um, I think they're two different things, in my opinion. But I I love them both. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Um, yeah, like I I just watched uh, the original Halloween two for the first time a few weeks ago, and uh, like the way that Zombie did this Halloween series from that one is so different. Um. And I think with the second one, I think that it just took away like the Michael Myers aspect of Halloween, like what Josh just said. Um, for me, I think it just did like too much for Laurie Strode's character, I think, and didn't really have Michael Myers at the forefront. That's probably why I didn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not what they wanted to do. Like they meant to have it all about Laurie. I mean, I can agree with what both of you said. Um, what I have written here is basically like verbatim. Uh, Zombie continues on. It's the psychological aspect of the world with Michael Myers, but rather than focusing his attention on Michael in this one, he focuses on Laurie's descent into PTSD and ultimately hysteria towards the end. As a sequel to his own reimagining, it's good, but there's also a lot of things wrong with it. Yeah. And like, I don't know what the hell they did with Loomis's character in this one either. Like... And I did not like Loomis's character in this. Like his part in this movie, I thought was dumb. The fame got to him, man. See, I love that aspect of Loomis, and 
when you read about what he was thinking visionary visionarily is that the right word i might be making shit mm. up at this point sure we'll go for it <laughs> he based that character off of dr phil i don't know if you guys knew that or not but that really? that was the mindset he had when he wrote the that character of of loomis in this is that that's kind of how he was taking that character but i also read that malcolm mcdowell didn't want to come back and do the same Loomis. So it, part of it was him and his input into what he wanted the character to be or where he thought that character would be after all of that happened. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, he was obsessed with Michael and actually trying to help Michael through most of the first movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legitimately cared about Michael, in my opinion. And then you see what he wasn't able to help him. I think it ruined his... Fi- didn't I forget how many times that he'd been divorced or whatever, but they do make light of that in the movie. Like, it ruined his life. So, of course, he cashed in on the money. Like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, come on. That's yeah. what everybody does. If something happens to you, you write a book about it. <laughs> Look, it's like it's it's a blueprint for anything. If something happens, you write a book, and, and people read it, and you get famous, and you go do conferences. Well, then, then why didn't Lori write a book? Why didn't Annie write a book? <laughs> they're still teenagers. And they're suffering so? from what they just went through. Lori still never got over it. One day at a time. One day at a time. If I have to hear that fucking line one more time. See, Brooke didn't get to hear that because it's not in the uh, the theatrical version. Is it not? No. Mm. God damn it, Brooke. So the Annie, well, the Annie and Lori scenes where they like argue and Annie catches her drinking, and then you get an extra scene at the psychiatrist's office where Lori actually talks about. I think she says she wants to kill Annie, if I remember correctly. She says, I can't say what's on my mind because you'll yes. uh, you'll take me away or something like that. Yes. Mm. Th- that's not in the theatrical version. You could see her go huh. uh, play with a pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. See, like I'm basing my ratings on the one I watched. So if there's stuff about the story that's taken out of the theatrical version, then that's not my fucking fault. They should have you know, directed it better or something. I don't know. Mm. Mm, fighting words. Let's get into this movie discussion more formally. Already. Brooke, take us away. <laughs> uh, I didn't write it down, but did you, do one of you guys have like the little like opening blurb with the white horse? Uh, One sec. It's like out of like some like book, like Psychosis of Dreams or something like that. Yeah. So basically, the white horse in the dream. One sec. I was looking it up earlier. Here. So, linked to instinct, purity, and the drive of the physical body to release powerful and emotional forces like rage with ensuing chaos and destruction, an excerpt from the subconscious psychosis of dreams. So it's basically like, well, I mean, throughout the whole movie, we see it as Deborah Myers kind of guiding Michael through everything that he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's her that's kind of holding the reins on his rage. Yeah, I agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they use this whole white horse thing way too much in this movie. Agreed. Um, the whole Deborah Myers thing. And the young Michael thing, I think it's, mm, I don't know, it's it's overplayed for sure. Like if we would have seen them once at the beginning, 
and then like maybe one more time throughout the movie i'd be more okay with it but it's just it's like every time michael's about to kill somebody it seems they pop up i don't mind the white horse it drives me nuts when people say they don't understand the meaning of the white horse i mean he put it right at the beginning of the fucking movie and tells you exactly Mm -hmm. what the white horse is um the other thing i I like it i think it's just overplayed throughout the movie See, I don't know that I, I don't think it's overplayed just because that is the link between Lori and Michael is Deborah, right? Deborah gives mm-hmm. Michael this white horse at the beginning of the movie, which clearly it shows that happening. But the whole movie, again, this isn't a, a normal Halloween movie. So this whole, the whole movie is showing us how Lori is becoming Michael, basically. And they're even interlinked at points. They're linked together to where she can't tell what's happening. She's seeing things through his eyes and she can't tell what's happening because of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that all, it, I think people put too much emphasis on the white horse itself. It's not, it's, it's an object. The point of it is to show the connection that Michael and Lori have and guide you to where she's going and where she ultimately ends up at at the end of the movie, which is exactly where Michael is. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it doesn't bother me. Brooke, do you have anything to say? Yeah, like I would agree with Mark. I think there is just way too much of Cherry Moon Zombie and like the the young Michael in it. And like there was a few scenes. Like I get they're trying to do like the one scene whenever Lori has like this one of her many dreams she has whenever she's, I think, walking the young Michael's walking like this like dinner table with all these like fucked up people and masks and shit. Then you see mm-hmm. um Lori on the table, like that whole scene. I don't know. I thought the scenes like that were just over the top. I also don't like the young Michael in this one. I think Dag Fairch did a much better job. Yeah. Cause the one in this one didn't really do much to be honest. Like, no, but like he wasn't even creepy. Like, like yeah. you, you know, like in in Halloween, like Dag Fairch, he he just had this look to him, like he was a creepy looking kid. Like you believed that he was psycho. The kid in this movie, he's just like a fucking cute kid with long blonde hair, and just like you don't picture him living his entire life in a friggin' insane asylum. The first one definitely had a distinct look to him that mm-hmm. was creepy. I think. So I, I wish they wouldn't have recast the kid either. I mean, I get why he did it, but. But I mean, like how much is two years going to make a difference? I don't know. It would probably depend on what he looked like in those two years. I don't have any idea. I know what he looks like now. Yeah. Is he he's, like a a, fucking, he, he's a rapper, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a train wreck now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like full-blown Macaulay Culkin at this point. But, yeah. but I, I mean, mean, like with, uh, with uh, It Chapter 2, I know that they kept most of the kids, but they had to think like CGI. I think Finn Wolfhard's face mm-hmm. for it because he got way older. Yeah, I don't know, but that's true. But that was also how many years later, though. I'm sure technology is much better now than it would have been when this came out. That's very yeah, true. But definitely. I don't know. I again, I can argue it either way. I I get why you would think that they do what they did with those characters too much. But at the same time, if you follow the storyline, it makes sense because she doesn't know what's going on. And you never mm-hmm. see, which, which 
I enjoy about Rob Zombie's Halloween movies is that he really does a deep dive into Michael's actual psychosis. Mm-hmm. In all the other movies, you have no idea what he's thinking, what he's, why he's doing, what he's doing, what's going on, what his thought process is. And I think that's what he used the young Michael because we've never seen the adult Michael talk. You've yeah. only seen the young Michael talk. And then he uses the, the mother, Deborah Myers, as his guiding light, and it kind of shows you what he's doing. But at the same time, they're trying to create that link between Michael and Lori because they have – so it's like a – the best thing I can compare it to is, you know how they say twins can sometimes do that? They have that connection mm-hmm. with one another. Mm-hmm. That's what I think he was trying to build, right, wrong, or different. That's what he was trying to build. And when you see her on that table, she's inside of that glass box – and he's saying she's not, or Deborah says she's not ready yet. She's like stuck inside that box and those hands come and pull her back. The other cool thing about that is every time that's happening, you don't really know if it's Michael having that vision or if it's Lori dreaming that because every time one of those scenes happens, she wakes up from a dream. Mm. I think when they're both dreaming, that's when they connect in that dream. And that's what those scenes are supposed to represent, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, I definitely got the vibe of them possibly being twins, especially from the one scene whenever Lori's eating dinner. And then at the same time, Michael's like eating, I think a dead dog or something. Yeah. And then she starts like throwing up out of nowhere. So I was like, Oh, are they like twins? Are they, you know, connected? They're, they're connect. They're not twins. Cause she was, no, a baby. I know that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah, that makes sense, actually. They're physically and mentally connected because you see it mentally through the dreams and the visions that, they're that again, we, I don't know which one's having them, honestly. One of them, maybe both of them are having it, but every time that one of those end, like the hospital scene ends, she wakes up. Uh, mm-hmm. That scene ends, she wakes up. There's another one, I forget, but it ends and she wakes up, but it's showing you, yeah, they're mentally linked, but then, like Brooke just said, with that scene where he's eating the dog and she's eating the pizza and then she gets sick from it. So they're physically connected as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the end too, like whenever the young Michael's holding her down in the barn, mm, it's brilliant, brilliant, <clears throat> but that's so, probably jumping way too far ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. I guess we can get to that whenever we get to it. <laughs> what did you guys think about Michael being very vocal in this movie? Loved it. He only he only speaks I, one word. I loved but... it too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially with this opening scene when he's just killing the fuck out of Octavia Spencer. Yeah. And he's like physically grunting. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get that in the original movies. Like he's just this big black mask, like doesn't do anything in the first movies. But it's I think this movie it... what? It's a white mask. No, I said black mass. Oh, okay. Two two S's on the end of that, Mark. Two S's. Okay, I got you. But uh, in this one, like, you know, he makes grunting sounds or sounds like, I don't think it brings more character to him. He's putting a lot of physical exertion into his murders in this movie. Yeah. Oh, it's great. He's so brutal. But Mm -hmm. since we're on the topic of that opening scene, I want to run an idea by you guys. I know I did this on Three from Hell and you guys thought I was stupid, but listen. That whole first scene, right? That whole hospital scene. The first 25 minutes of the movie or whatever. It's mm-hmm. Michael being the most brutal we've ever seen Michael, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not Michael. That's Lori's dream. So when you go back mm-hmm. and you think about it from that aspect, that's her conjuring all that up in her head. All that shit mm-hmm. that happened. That was all her. It wasn't him. He wasn't actually doing that stuff. 
think mm-hmm. it shows you how mm-hmm. deep she can go into her sickness because that's her conjuring up those thoughts, those ideas, all of that in her head. It didn't actually happen, but then you mm-hmm. sit back and you look at it, like if it had happened, yeah, it's creepy. But the fact that she dreamed it up is even more creepy to me. I she, got that as well. Like I, I knew for sure that it wasn't all real, like that she dreamt that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like manifesting this whole persona that's more violent than what he actually is because she's kind of lived through it and has seen that violence firsthand. But yeah, like you said, he's never been this brutal. Not in Rob Zombie's first Halloween, not in any of the other Halloween movies, but she's conjured up this this idea of him. Exactly. In, mm-hmm. in my opinion, if it... So if you can dream it, you can achieve it, right? So if she's dreaming that, obviously the tale the tale of this movie is that she becomes that, in my opinion. Well, and the final scene kind of adheres to that. Exactly. So she's, in my opinion, mm-hmm. she is has all the makings to be worse than what he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do see Michael get pretty fucking brutal in this movie, though. Oh, like for outside sure. of the dreams. Like when he kills uh, the dude from the fucking strip club, the yeah. the bouncer holy shit awesome yeah. he boot stomps his face to hamburger meat how about yeah. the, the two in the field <laughs> yeah that too yeah he grunt he actually does yeah. grunt when he's stabbing uh i call him bobby but bobby from sons of anarchy yeah yeah mm-hmm. slams him into the deer antlers i love it in that scene how for a split second you think he might let that girl go yeah and he's like i know nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care that you said you're sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh this whole opening scene though, like in the hospital, like I loved it. But then whenever Lori wakes up, like I was like kind of disappointed. Cause I, like it mm. takes all that excitement out of you. It's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I think that's probably what, what the majority of the thought was. But having watched it so many times, like I said, it actually makes me more excited for it because I know she's conjuring all that up. And that's, that's I don't know. It's, to me, that's fascinating. It just shows you how fucked mm-hmm. up she is from the the happenings of the first movie. That these, This is what she's dreaming all the time. And it really makes me understand like why she is so messed up and is this a, a big ball of a big one big hot mess. It's <laughs> the best mm-hmm. way to explain it. Yeah. I think... Oh, I'm going to catch some fucking flack here. I think this is a better direct sequel than Halloween 2, the original one. Because you really see what the psychological toll is on Lori. In the original Halloween 2, you don't really see that. It's it's just rinse and repeat from the first movie. Right. Right. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brooke. Like, you just watched it. Uh, I think that these sequels are like way different because, like, the first Michael one, like, Lori, she's in the hospital, but really she's not around that much in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, like, it's more about Lori and Michael. <laughs> like, Michael's more in it, but I don't know. I feel like, like they're way different movies. So, I don't know. I can't really compare the both of them. Like, they're I, definitely. I, Go ahead. Yeah. I think I I like the original one better than this, but um I think I need to watch the uh the uncut version 
like the director's cut of this one before mm-hmm. I can make that decision. I think it like, it's not, I don't know. The original one is a lot more simplistic. Whereas Rob zombie really tried to up the ante with this one and really dive into the whole psychological aspect. Like he did with his adaptation of Halloween and people hated it. Cause I don't know. They're crazy. Yeah, but. but I think that's the difference between like, you know, 1980 and and now, like, I know Josh has said this a few times, like on multiple podcasts, like scary things back then could be simple. People would get scared because they've never seen it before. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, you know, zombie has to create this fucking crazier Michael Myers, who's more you know, <laughs> brutal to scare audiences these days. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I am... I gave the original, uh, the Halloween two Carpenter's Halloween two a three point nine, I think. Which I it's mm-hmm. that's a good score. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the movie. I think it's a good movie. I think that obviously I'm biased because I love this movie, this this Rob Zombie movie. But um, I, I I agree with Brooke. I think it's different. And here's where for me it's different. Knowing the backstory of Halloween two it was a cash grab. Because they got fucked out of money on the first one. So, like, okay, we're going to make our money on the second one. So, I think, like you said, rinse and repeat. It's very rinse and repeat. They mm-hmm. don't really dig into the story anymore yet. They threw the whole uh, Lori as his sister thing in. And I don't even know that Lori ever finds out he's her sister. I don't think that she does. Loomis knows, but I don't think that mm-hmm. she knows. Um, But those movies, Halloween and Halloween 2, Carpenter's are... are in my opinion, are heavily Loomis movies where this is not. They stray yeah. away from Loomis a lot. I think that that second movie is very heavily Loomis driven. Uh, yeah. Laurie's not in it a ton. I, you guys know I'm not a huge Jamie Lee Curtis fan as Laurie Strode anyway in those original movies. Um, Nor am I. I think Scout does it way better. Yeah, she's off the rails at times. She's a little over the top. But again, when you take into consideration what this movie is versus those other movies, it's a completely different scenario, completely different storyline. Um, so anyway, long story short, uh, I think Whereas Carpenter's Halloween two, yeah, it, it tells more. It tells the same story of from from the same night, right? It just goes right mm-hmm. into it. Versus mm-hmm. where I think it was closer to Rob Zombie because he was actually building on his story. So he went from mm-hmm. telling this whole Michael Myers story into here's what happened because of that night. Here's what happened, and here's how it happened, and here's where it ends up. Um. Versus Halloween 2, where they just have Michael chase around random people you don't give a shit about. He somehow gets to the hospital, which is a bunch of bullshit in my opinion, and he gets blown up at the end. Like, okay, you don't really get anything. It doesn't do anything for the story, right? You can take it or leave it, whereas this really adds to the storyline and really adds to the foundation of the complete picture, in my opinion. But, like, that's what I meant. Like you guys both have said, like they're very, they're two very different movies, but like what I meant was like as a sequel to their original movie, I think this one is a better sequel, like not necessarily a better movie. I know they're not comparable in regards to like what's on the screen, but like as a sequel to their Halloween movie, I think this one does it better than Carpenter's Halloween too. Yeah, I agree with that. For multiple reasons, yes. I'm on the fence about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think that Rob Zombie was able to continue on with his vision of the Michael Myers Laurie Strode story better than Carpenter did with his Halloween 2. 
Yes. It's, it tells its own story. It's not just a, uh, hey, here's a sequel to what we've already done and kind mm-hmm. of follow the same formula. It's, it's different. It's, and again, like I said, I think people that went into this expecting a Halloween movie were drastically disappointed because it's a lot different. It tells a completely different story than the slasher mm-hmm. movie that... Um, well, the, the ratings show it right off the bat. like Right. Without, without getting into them right now. But, I mean, it wasn't well-received at all. Yeah, again, I think it was all perception going into it of what you thought it was going to be versus what you got. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fair. All right. Should we talk about uh, this Richard Brake death? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, what a fucking disgusting yeah. human being he is in this movie. I, I kind of knew, knew it was like a dream because like how often does a like, person hit a fucking cow? <laughs> <laughs> Man, funny story. All right, before we oh, dive into the movie, um, back when I was still in college, every couple weekends I would come home because I, I only went to college like an hour away. And the one night my mom was driving me back home, back to college, and we were taking the back roads up to Ottawa, Brooke, you know what I'm talking about, Josh, you obviously don't. But uh, yeah, there was a fucking cow in the middle of the road. <laughs> and like my mom had to like come to a complete stop, call the farmer that lived right there to get his fucking cow back in. But it would have been a similar fucking situation <laughs> if we didn't notice it. Dude. All right, I got oh. one. I got one for, I'll make it quick. I promise. Okay. So me and my cousin were driving out and you know, I live out in the County. So we're driving through this windy road, blasting Garth Brooks live. Okay. Love Garth Brooks. <laughs> so we were blasting Baton Rouge, Garth Brooks. We're going through this windy road, right? And nobody can see me because they're only, they only have audio. You guys don't do video, but we're going through these windy roads and we go over this little bridge and on our bridges, there's these uh, silver guardrails. You guys probably have the same thing I'd imagine, right? So yeah. you can't fall over into the water. So we go yeah. over the bridge right into a turn and there's a humongous, like big old, like fair county fair pig in the middle of the road, right? <laughs> And we're in like a, like my cousin had like a big diesel jacked up truck. So as he like slams on the brakes and he's like, that's a fucking pig. And I'm like, no, and I'd probably been drinking. Uh, I'm sure he was not drinking guys. We don't drink. No, and drive here. So I'm like, not. well, what the, we can't leave this fucking pig in the road. So like we look over and there's this little cottage, like off the side of the road. I, the driveway was probably 30 feet long, maybe. Um, and then there was like a little barn with a little, like a pig pen, right? And like pitch black in the middle of nowhere, right? So the only lights are the headlight of the truck. So I'm like, we can't leave this fucking pig in the middle. So our hillbilly ass is get out of the truck and like start trying to get this pig back over into the pen. Jesus Christ. And the dude, the guy, he was there, the family, they came out. It was like the wife and the husband. He came out and had on like a t-shirt, long boxer shorts and like boots, like shit, kick, shit kicker boots, right? Mm. He's like, oh man, my, my pig got out. And we're like, yeah, dickhead, we about hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so like we like get it in the pen dude and the guy was mad at us what really? yes he was like a total prick to us it was like well hey you're welcome dude like we could have just fucking splattered this thing but fucking <laughs> could have taken him home had some bacon yeah for real welcome to ohio you got a real purdy mouth yeah right that's what i was waiting on i'd have kicked my cousin in the knee and ran that's crazy <laughs> but uh yeah like mark what you're saying richard briggs character <laughs> this is Oh, man, he's so disgusting, but it's hilarious. Oh, man. I've never had thoughts about it until tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is Danielle Harris. Oh, dude. Uh, So funny. So gross, but still funny. Yeah, and his, like, just his teeth that he has. It's just like when he's smiling. 
Ugh. They like definitely zone in on the teeth a lot too. Oh yeah. They they, gotta, they want they you gotta. to see the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Just adds to his like piece of shitness. Oh, for sure. How about uh what's the difference between jelly and jam? <laughs> <laughs> you can't jelly your dick into a dead woman's asshole. <laughs> wow. uh, Rob Zombie at his finest. Yeah. Yeah. Um so if they thought that Michael was dead, why didn't they put his body in a, a bag? I think he's just too large for one. Yeah, they probably didn't have a fucking seven foot long body bag. <laughs> Did you see him carrying him out though? They were six of us to lift this motherfucker. <laughs> oh man. What's he say? I don't want this big behemoth something. I forget what he says, but it's freaking hilarious. Something about doesn't yeah. want that big behemoth getting out or something. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. it. So they fucking smashed into his cow, and uh, I forget who the driver was, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, but uh, yeah. he's dead on an impact. And I, I couldn't tell what happened to Richard Brake's character. Like, I could tell he was fucked up, but he kept, like, you know, saying, fuck, fuck. So I, didn't, I couldn't tell if, like, something like glass was stuck in him or something like that. I think he definitely smashed his face off the windshield. I thought he was it. jammed like he was jay because he couldn't move because when Michael's kicking the doors Actually, on the back yeah. trying to get out that and the whole sense. truck is rocking he's like starts screaming so I, I think he's oh, like yeah. uh whatever the word would be he's like jammed in between the the dash and the seat I think yeah that makes sense that makes sense but uh yeah so Michael busts out of the back there and comes up grabs a piece of glass and just you know starts cutting his head off oh man yeah that was brutal oh with a piece like, of glass just, too could you yeah. imagine yeah it just doesn't give a fuck brutal dude this like <laughs> it's hard to believe that this is all just a dream like Lori, Lori dreamt richard Brake saying all that shit that's what that's- i'm saying like look how screwed <laughs> up she is and you can yeah. so easily overlook it because if you don't think back like oh that was oh damn it that was a dream well yeah, yeah. it was a dream but she was thinking it oh man thinking so, about a so corner this, this opening scene was Lori dreaming this or manifesting it so did, did she manifest the white horse then did she see the white horse I think she's probably been seeing the white horse not knowing what it was in my opinion because like Michael keeps seeing it through the movie as well and, and she makes it in this dream so like Obviously, at this point, she has to be connected to Michael because she can or he can see what she made in that dream. I was just going to say, do you think she's seeing it like through him? Possibly. I Again, I think she's probably been seeing it, not knowing what it was. And another good like reference is nobody knows why, what made Michael do what he did on Halloween, right? That's always the thing. Why was it Halloween? Why, and even in the other movies, why does he always break out on Halloween? Or why does he always come back at Halloween? And in one of those scenes, it's I think it's because it tells you it's October 30th. Mm-hmm. And Deborah says, no, she's not ready. No, it's not time. So I feel like this is all leading up to mm-hmm. that specific day. So I think it's all just kind of like connecting the dots up until the whole picture comes together on that one day, which I think... Mm-hmm probably happened to michael we just never knew it the only reason why we know that he does it is because that's whenever he killed everybody right like killed his family and shit mm-hmm. exactly 
And really, the only reason he kills the guys in the field and the girl in the field is because they fuck with him. And he like yeah. he at first he doesn't really fight back until they hit him and knock him down. And he then he puts the mask on. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he kills them. But I think if they had left him alone, he probably wouldn't have fucked with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just keep on driving, and then like uh, he his end goal isn't to fucking catch up to them and kill them. Right. Well, they had found where he was. He was staying on their land, right? That's they figured out it was him, and that's why they came after him. But still, like, dude, if I was seeing that dude, I'd be like, "No, you're good, man." (laughs) (laughs) Same with the bouncer at the strip club. Like, I just sent a motherfucker to the hospital earlier tonight. Oh, that guy was. Did he look like him? I don't think so. Oh, dude, he is the epitome of of a guy that does a lot of talking with very little action, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't even think he's supposed to be the bouncer because he he says something like. He's kind of talking to himself after the other guy like sends him back. He's like, I shouldn't be doing this shit like I'm so-and-so or something like that. I think he was stealing from the guy or something is what he was doing. But that whole thing, I think, so that whole strip club scene, which I'm sure we'll get to, but I think that was also a revenge. He was going there to cause havoc anyway because he was getting revenge for his mom because he always had that. Remember the kids made fun of him at the beginning of the first Mm -hmm. one because his mom was a stripper and she worked in the strip club? He went there for a specific reason. He didn't send up there. He went there to Mm -hmm. get revenge for his mom. Again, because everything's happening through basically her directing him on where to go, what to do through those visions. That's why he ends up there and does what he does. He was going to do that anyway. That's a good so, point because oh, like wow, yeah. Cuz during that scene like I didn't mind the scene cuz it's just Michael killing another guy, so I didn't mind it. I was like, what is he doing here? But uh that makes a lot of sense actually. So I'm going through the list of everybody that he killed that's not in Lori's dream. And like the only one that Deborah wouldn't have directed him to kill would be Annie. Yes. So Every killing that he's done is like revenge for Deborah. Pretty much. Because he Except kills for the his... hillbillies. Which, well, yeah. which they true, attacked true, him, true. right? Yeah. 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 But I mean, like she goes after or he goes after the strip club guys where Deborah worked. He kills another guy at the end, which I'm not gonna say right now. So like fuck it. He kills Loomis at the end because mm-hmm. Loomis took him away from Deborah. And I think she tells him to kill him. Yeah, she does. Yeah. But like, why does he want to kill Lori? Why does Deborah want Lori dead? Because Deborah is telling Michael, Michael, the young Michael wants to become a family again. And Deborah is telling Michael to kill Lori so they can all be a family again. Right. But then I think at the end, I think, like Michael realizes or Lori realizes that that's not her true being. Like she is meant to continue on. I think what Michael did. Mm-hmm. Depending on which version of the movie you watch yeah, Cause the endings are also different, but the, end, oh, the okay. theatrical, I actually watched the theatrical version today on accident and I was already through it to the fucking pig part. And I was like, ah, God damn it. I'll just leave it. <laughs> but anyway, cause that's when I told you guys, Abby was like, do you even need to watch this movie? You've seen it 50 times. I'm like, yeah, still, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree, I, I agree with what you're saying with that version of the story that she ultimately at the end... And that's, I remember being in... Are we going to the end already or do we want to wait? <laughs> we can we can talk about the your version of the ending later. Okay. Well, your version, where because you've already said it, ultimately she is based... Uh, she Basically, her 
being is to carry on his legacy, right? Yeah. I remember being in the movie theater and got freaking chills when she walked out of that cabin and had that mask on. Yeah. Fucking it's, phenomenal. It's a, sick, it's a sick shot. I don't know if I've, I need to, I might need to just watch the ending of the theatrical version. I like both endings, but honestly, and I, maybe it's because for, because of nostalgia, I really like the theatrical versions. And as much as I rant and rave and tell people to watch the director's cut, the theatrical version ending, and it may be nostalgia, I don't know, but it's just like, when she walks out, she got that maid dress on from the party she was wearing, and she's got that, and you can tell it's too big for her, that big-ass Michael Myers mask on, half of the face is missing, so you can see her, yeah. half of her, it's, it gave me chills. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't think I've seen the theatrical version of this movie. Because I've always just had the director's cut on DVD. And I do like throughout the movie how I'm pretty sure most of the time it's Laurie that's like taking pieces of the mask off of Michael. Yes. Like she's kind of like pulling back that from him and taking it off of him. Is it? There's points in the movie where, yeah, that does happen. But <laughs> like I also love how you see this mask just get annihilated throughout this movie. It's probably my favorite Michael Myers mask. Eh, I don't know. Zombies first Halloween Michael Myers mask is really cool too. Yeah, but it's good. I do like yeah. that. But, but Annie rips a piece of piece of it off too. Yeah, they, yeah. I knew Annie. Like I knew it wasn't just Lori that did it, but I thought I thought I really liked that part of it. Mm-hmm. They all do. The, ending, the woman. Like, the shit, go ahead. I was gonna say like the ending of, of the special version, like when Loomis is attacking him, you can see like Tyler Maine's eye and like his beard and stuff. Yeah. So it's like everybody that's in his life is just like peeling back the layers or something. Well, everybody takes a piece of it. I think that the, and again, this could be complete bullshit I'm making up, but I think that uh, he he leaves a piece of himself with you, right? So he kills the stripper in the club. She pulls a chunk of it off. Annie pulls a Mm. chunk of it off. Lori, Mm -hmm. Loomis. It's just dismantling this mask. And you see how brittle and disgusting this mask is throughout this movie. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And it carries through. Like that, there's a few Halloween movies where they have different masks. Like I think H2O they had three different masks for that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other movies, you can see where the mask changes. Like shit happened, and then the mask comes back and it's white. It's like, well, the dude just was bleeding out of his eye. How's his mask white? <laughs> in this one, like, like it gets beat up and people take pieces of it off. Like you can see it, that it's gone. Right? It's just it doesn't mm-hmm. just magically appear. Um, I think this is one of the few movies where you actually get to see him for quite a bit of the movie without the mask on at all oh yeah which yeah. he's got the mask cool. off more than he has it on right which i think the the mask is supposed to represent him like kind of like uh just flipping that switch right like when he puts the mask on he's in killing mode yeah like especially the scene with the hillbillies when he doesn't have the mask on and they beat the fuck out of him and then he gets up and then he puts the mask on takes out the knife yeah well it's a callback to the first one too right like he's making all the masks while he's in the asylum like he he constantly wears these masks to hide his true self yeah Mm -hmm. but also to release the the like homicidal tendencies i guess I think that's that like, rage, that rage is able to come out. Yeah, exactly. I didn't come up with this. I read it online it was a long time ago. They were comparing the two. So like in the original Michael Myers Halloween movies, he's wearing the mask to hide his face so people don't recognize him or he wears the mask to kind of conceal who he is, right? Whereas in these movies, the mask is 
like a different, I don't want to say a different personality of him, but it embodies who he is. Like the mask is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in this movie, do they say how long after they were looking for Michael after the first one? It changes. So in the theatrical version, I think it is either one year, but and then I think in the director's cut is two years. What did yours say, Mark? Two years? I don't remember. Like, like of them, like not like when the story starts up, but like from because then the theatrical one is one year later. So for that whole year, were they looking for Michael? Because it, it didn't seem like Loomis really gave a fuck anymore. <laughs> I think they all assumed he was dead, but in in their defense, Laurie shot him in the face. Like, I mean, that's true. Yeah. This far from his head, shot him in the face. So, like, why wouldn't you think the yeah. guy was dead? But well, they didn't find his body. That's the thing. Loomis makes a joke about it. He was like, "Don't blame me." The fucking how you lose this fucking guy's body on the way to the coroner, <laughs> wherever he said. But it's like, it, it is a year. Yeah, in the director's cut too. Oh, I, I thought think. one was a year and one was two years. I'm pretty sure they're Maybe different. Not. I'm pretty sure know. they're different. I, don't know. I just thought it was, it kind of bugged me that like Loomis, you know, spent so much time with Michael and like looking for him in the first movie. And then once he just goes missing and they assume he's dead, he's just like, oh, I'll write a book, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Make millions, do a tour. Like I and said, even like near the end, like he doesn't really seem like he gives a fuck about Lori. Not till the end. I think you do see the switch because he's a pretentious asshole through the whole movie. But, dude, let's be honest. Again, I didn't come up with this either. I've read it multiple times. The the Loomis from the original movies was a prick. Yeah. He was mean to all the nurses right out of the gate. Remember, he's Mm -hmm. mean to that. uh, The one she's in a bunch of these movies, too. Uh, When they're driving up to the the hospital. Yeah. Like, he's not a good dude. He's a dickhead. Yeah. (laughs) And this is not not far out of the realm of possibility. This is just what happens anymore. Is people write a book and then they turn into these big celebrities about shit like this. I don't know. The only the only time I don't know if it's the same in the theatrical version, but the only time you see him give a shit about anybody other than himself and his book sales and whatnot is that final scene in the in the barn or the cabin or whatever it is. And it's not until he flips the news on and they say, oh, the assumed dead Michael Myers is in this cabin with Laurie mm-hmm. Strode. That's when you see the old Loomis come out. So in my yeah. opinion, he probably did think he was dead. He's This fucking guy's ruined his entire life, ruined his man, ruined every relationship he ever had. Cash is in on it. And then, oh shit, this guy is alive. He goes right there and basically, for lack of a better term, sacrifices himself. Well, and that just goes to show like Loomis's ego at the same time. Like you think that he's not going to kill you because he steps in between Lori and Michael and, and tries to convince Michael not to kill her. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Cause he walks in and he, that's when you realize that nobody's holding Lori. Cause that's when mm-hmm. the camera, cause this whole time up until Loomis walks in, it looks like young Michael is holding Lori and she's like fighting him off and whatever. Yeah. And as soon as Loomis walks in, he looks at her and he says, there's nobody there. And then the camera shows her and it's just scout on the floor, like flopping around like somebody, mm-hmm. which she did a fucking fantastic job in that scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. But that's when you realize that it's all in her head. It's all been in her head. Mm-hmm. And Michael's just standing there watching, and he doesn't attack Loomis until Deborah tells him to. So I, I, I think it's brilliant, but I'm biased. Yeah. 
Do you think if Michael didn't have Deborah in his head, do you think he would kill Loomis in that scene? I don't know without her in his head that he would have killed anybody in this movie. But he killed everybody in the first movie. It's a good point. Trying to get back to Lori, right? Hmm. Trying to reunite his family. And then I think mm-hmm. whenever she shoots him, he realizes that the only way that we're going to be able to reunite his family is in death. And yeah. that's what he does with his pale so, horse. You know, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Pale horse on it was death. Mm-hmm. Huh? Hey, uh-huh. hey, uh-huh. there you go. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Little Johnny if, Cash for you. <laughs> if Michael kills Lori, do you think he kills himself? I think he'd probably go uh, suicide by police. So I'm guessing if, basically, he, if he killed Lori, happens. he would walk in the in the. Yes, Brooke doesn't know that yet. You just ruined the whole fucking movie for him. Oh go. my bad, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what the difference in fucking versions are. Yes, sorry, Brooke. I tried, man. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> At the end of the first one, because in this one, Lori finds out that she's Michael's sister. Mm-hmm. Did she not know it at the end of the first one? No, she doesn't find out till she reads Loomis's book. Yeah, but didn't Michael had the big gravestone, right? But she didn't know that was her sister. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was Judith Myers' gravestone. She didn't know who Judith Myers. She didn't know she was related because she had been adopted by the two parents, which he kills in the first one. Um, yeah, and then brings. He's trying to communicate that to her, but yeah. Right. Yeah, he yeah. brings her to that tombstone, but she doesn't understand why he's brought her there. I think mm-hmm. she keeps saying that. I don't understand. I don't understand yeah. what you're trying yeah. to tell me. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And then she stabs yeah. him. Yeah. 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 That scene's honestly one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Oh, dude, he's so yeah. vulnerable. He takes his mask off and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, she doesn't know. I'm going to take my mask off and show her who I am. And she still doesn't fucking know who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she stabs mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Which that no, leads yeah. to him going fucking ham in the fucking with the fucking two by four. Oh, dude, yeah. so good. I like that uh, zombie did a like, completely different Lori in these movies. Like in this one, probably this movie we're talking about now. Like Lori works at like a record store. She's like just this punk girl, you know, doesn't give a fuck. And the Lori from this first movie is like you know this goody two shoes, you know, mm-hmm. smarty pants. For sure, I think it's a a, a, a direct indirect correlation with what happened right and i'm sure you guys have those friends and if something bad happens they immediately turn to alcohol they immediately turn to drugs they make Mm -hmm. bad decisions um she's lost her whole family i mean it makes sense so she's living with annie and bracket she fucking hates annie in the rob zombie director's cut version she cannot stand Mm -hmm. annie she's living there with people she doesn't like she's having these nightmares these dreams like i can see why she is like burying herself in this other personality type with these two friends she's hanging out with. So to me, uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I've known people that have done that. Yeah. She, she hates Annie in that movie in this or in the director's cut for like, I don't want to say a good reason. I don't think she hates her. She says to her therapist that she's a constant reminder of what happened. Like I look at her and I see the scars on her face and it brings me back to that night. It's a constant reminder of what we went through. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she hates her. I think she just hates what Annie represents in her life now, but which I, is memories. But I also think Annie has become that mother figure for Lori in these movies because she's the one that has to take care of her. 
She's the one. And I think that people do that. Like when, when yeah. you have people in these situations, oftentimes the people that care about them the most are the ones that they hold so much resentment toward. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. And it could be too, that like Annie seems that she's moved on more than what Lori has. And, so there's probably some resentment towards that as well. And Annie didn't lose everything. She still has her dad who loves her very yeah. much. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get yeah. the gist that they've had conversations with her about what's going on and she doesn't like it. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, she had that that nightmare about the hospital. And then it cuts to Annie and uh, the sheriff, her dad, Brad Dorff. And he's like, did you hear Lori last night? And she's like, don't fucking say anything about it. Don't bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously yeah. they've had those conversations before. Yeah. Yeah. You do get some of that in a theatrical version, like that scene you talked about. Um, and then at the one scene, whenever Lori decides to leave the house like run away she goes in the house grabs everything just starts yelling at annie and then just leaves so you do get a little bit of that in the theatrical version but not as much as the one you guys watched right well i I also think they do a great job or or he did a great job of that that um it's this is the other dream scene where uh laurie's dreaming but she is put in the mindset or the vision of Michael from the first movie where he's got his stepdad duct tape to the um to the chair. He's yeah. eating the candy corn. Mm-hmm. But she is Michael and Annie is the stepdad, which if you remember in the first movie, he hated that guy so much. Everything that yeah. guy represented. So to me watching that, I'm thinking, okay, even though it's completely different, Annie is a good person trying to help. That other guy was a piece of shit asshole. That's her mindset. That's that's Mark Wise said she hates her because that is what his hatred toward his stepdad. Now she, that's her dreaming that, not Michael. She's dreaming of killing Annie the same way Michael killed the stepdad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, that's her conjuring up all of the all of those dreams, right? Like that's what she's becoming. That's that's what's going on inside of her head, which again is easy to overlook if you don't think about it. I guess, for lack yeah. of a better word, word. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Loomis has his book signing. Uh, why does Linda's dad think that Loomis killed her from the well, first I th- one? I think because, well, he says that your, your boy or your whatever killed him, killed her. Yeah. But he, then he says like, oh, you killed Linda. You did it. I think it. he just means like indirectly. I mean, it's... Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he's under Loomis's watch when he gets out. Yeah. In yeah. the first one. And Loomis basically became the face of Michael Myers once he disappeared, right? Because he's mm-hmm. made so much money on him. He's basically... That's his claim to fame. Um, when you're in that position... I would imagine I've never been in that position. I hope to God I'm never in that position. I couldn't imagine it, but you probably look to blame whoever you can, right? And that's who else yeah. is he going to blame? Michael Myers is supposedly dead. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get that frustration, that pain out on somebody. Like that's, and, mm-hmm. and it's probably and also it's probably a constant reminder on TV every day. He's now in the fucking town doing a book signing. Well, he's making money off the deaths of all these people. Exactly. Um, also, another question I have, uh, Lori finds out that like she was, I don't know if she was named Angel, but I thought that she had a different name in the first one. Like It was like Boo or something like that. Yeah, they called her Boo. 
So what was the angel about? Angel was her real name. Boo was just a nickname oh, okay, for her. Okay. Yeah, he called her Boo. I think wasn't he playing peekaboo with her at one point? Yeah. Yeah. And then he yeah, called yeah. her Boo. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think I read that he that they had uh went with that name because it, they perceive Michael or everybody's always perceived Michael as the devil. So they were trying to make her the opposite of it as Angel. Mm. Kind of corny, but yeah. My, like my, my, how the turntables. <laughs> Josh doesn't watch The Office. So oh, uh, okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, I don't watch The Office. Abby watched it. I She told me I wouldn't like <laughs> it, so I didn't watch it. What? It's not my kind of humor. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, I thought this one scene was funny, but it definitely was not like needed or could have been a lead scene whenever Loomis goes on the talk show with uh, Chris Hardwick <laughs> and fucking Weird Al is on it. Yeah. And just like blasting them, making fun of them. <laughs> I, that is hilarious. And then I also like the scene at the beginning where um, his publicist is like, hey, hey, yeah, I know these reporters. They're all cool. You're going to be fine. And he's like, did you just use the word reporters and cool in the same story? <laughs> and then, or in the same uh, sentence. And then he goes in and just gets freaking blasted by these people. Yeah. Yeah. And then he finally asks her like, like what's wrong with the book? Like be honest, she's like there is a few times where you cross some lines for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody thinks he's a big joke, which honestly he's become that in this in this part of the movie, which I think is the point of his character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But why? Like, why is he a joke? Well, I think everybody sees him for what he is, right? He's trying to cash in on this on people's deaths. I'd, potentially, maybe the book's bad. She kind of hints at it, like Brooks said. She said there's a few times where you cross the line, but I think that he probably went went maybe too far in because again, the, this girl's dad showed up to try to kill him, which I, the gun wasn't loaded, right? Didn't she tell him the gun wasn't loaded? But but I mean, if she's his publicist, like. That's on her to fucking stop this book from being made if it needs needs different directions. Or mm-hmm. Her job is to sell the book that is made. She doesn't write it. Yeah, yeah. Remember how shitty Sydney Prescott's publicist was in Scream Four? Yeah, true. Come on, Sid, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any scene you want to talk about, Merck? I don't know, man. I don't even know where we are. We're fucking all over the place with this discussion. Uh, let's see. The the uh, the Halloween scene, Halloween party. I was actually like, yep, that's, that's what I was just going to pull. Where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just going to pull that one up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parts in this movie. This scene included this Halloween party that I feel like don't add anything to the movie. It's just another kill scene. I don't understand the significance of this Halloween party why he's there, who he's, well, I guess he's looking for Lori, but like, how does he know that she's there? I think they're on the same wavelength. He's been able to figure right, out where she's at to that. because True. of it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind this. I think because it's not a Michael scene, right? Again, this isn't a Michael, it is a Michael movie, but it's more based on Lori and it shows you how she, because mm-hmm. she just found out that her parents, who she thought for 18 years were her parents, weren't really her parents. They lied to her. She can't have that conversation with them, right? Yeah. Like, could you imagine finding out you were adopted and not being able to go talk to your parents because they're dead? Yeah. And not only that, but your brother is a serial killer. And yeah. essentially tried to kill you. Yeah. 
Right. So she obviously she's screwed up there. She finds out she's living with Annie and the sheriff and finds out that he knew. Mm-hmm. Never told her. Mm-hmm. So everybody in her life at this point has lied to her. And that sparks even more hatred with her towards Annie. Exactly. Well, not I don't think Annie knew, right? But she doesn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. She probably thought Annie did know. Because I mm-hmm. think she goes back to the house to get her shit. And doesn't she tell... Uh, she says, tell your dad that Angel Myers says hello or something. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, this. And ex- she goes and she drinks and she goes to a party to blow off steam. It makes perfect sense. That's what somebody that age would likely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind this, this scene either because she just says like, you know, fuck it. You know, I'm over it. But then again, like why... Why does Michael kill the one girl whenever she literally, mm. she didn't do anything really. The girl in the van. Yeah. 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 And the guy taking a piss. What's that scene? Honestly, let's be honest, that scene's fucking funny. Like that dude's oh, man, stupid. He does not take the mask off at all and starts like kissing her and stuff. <laughs> and he like makes up excuses for why he's not very good. Yeah. He's like, uh, so I honestly, I think they do that in for comic relief and an extra kill mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. That party is fucking badass, though. Like, I would love Dude, to go to that. Dude, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> Did it not give you um, the parts where, um, Je- I think it's Jeff Daniel Phillips, but where he is, um, where he's like talking over the commentary or whatever, like telling jokes. Did it not give you mm-hmm. corpses vibes from when grandpa's telling jokes and corpses? Yes. Yeah, yeah it did actually, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I like that. I think it's a little callback to corpses, which I love. Mm-hmm. What was the one joke that he said? Which oh, one? what's the difference between a blonde and a jack and lantern? There is no difference. They're both emotionless and empty inside or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good scene for sure. And then you see, that's the first, I think that might be one of the first times you get to see Lori where she thinks that Michael's grabbing her and he's not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I did like this kill though. Cause like Michael doesn't really do anything like really brutal. He just fucking jumps through the window and, I couldn't tell if she was like choking her or just like choking her and then just like snapped her neck with his bare hands. I think he snaps her neck. Yeah, he's definitely mm-hmm. choking her at first, but I think he does snap her neck. But it's again, I think they threw that in there just for an extra kill, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a serial killer, hypothetically. Sure. And you saw this poor fucking virgin guy in a wolfman costume, would you let him get it in before you killed him? Nope. No? No. If he kept the mask on, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to let this poor fucker get his like 30 seconds. Nah, dude. She literally had he, to tell him she was going to sleep with him. And he has a car called the Shaggin Wagon. Ah, yeah. Nah. Dude's done. No? Mm-mm. All right. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. I think I, I would let him have it. You would? Well, yeah. Come on. That's just because you want to watch, you perv. No one wants, to, no one wants to die a virgin. I don't think he was actually going to piss. I think he was just stalling because he was too scared to actually have sex. I He's agree. probably jer- jerking off at the tree to get it up. <laughs> okay. Now you're just being rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Annie's death in the movie I watched, I assume is very different than... The one you guys watched. Yeah, very, very different. Okay, because whenever we... I remember this when we recorded our last Halloween one almost a year ago, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that Annie's death in this one was like very hard to watch, you know, very sad, brutal. 
And then like I got to the scene, I was so disappointed, but uh, obviously there's more to it in the version you watched. You yeah, the theatrical version's different. So I believe in your version, uh Annie sees him in the mirror and then she tries yeah. to run and the screen goes black. And you hear yeah. her grunting. Yeah, That's and it? then whenever Lori gets there, they do like a kind of bit of a flashback, but you just see Michael like tearing the dressers down and stuff like that. And then yeah. it cuts to Annie and there's fucking blood all over the bathroom. Yeah. So Lori finds her and then you get to see a flashback briefly in, in the theatrical version of what happened with the um, director's cut. When you get more of what actually happens, you actually get to see him kill Annie pretty in death. But the worst part of it, and this is what Seth was texting you guys about earlier today. Remember he said that mm-hmm. that one scene changed his rating on the entire movie. Yeah. It's when, when Sheriff gets there and he finds Annie uh, there's this, I forget what song it is, but there's a song playing and like it shows pictures of Daniel Harris as a child and videos mm-hmm. and you see basically what's going through her dad's head while he's holding his mutilated daughter. It's actually like, it's Fuck. extremely heartbreaking. It's fucking awful to watch. Yeah. That's brutal. Even when Lori finds her, it's brutal. Cause yeah. like she's still alive when Lori finds her. Fuck, she is still alive when Lori finds and, her. You're and right. She she literally yeah. dies in Lori's arms. And yeah. what Seth said was like, this was the moment where she lost everything. Annie was the last person in her life that she gave a shit about. Regardless of if they had like this rough patch in their life or whatever, like that was someone that she still had. And now like she literally died in her arms. And you see it in her face when it happens. Yeah. Like the acting yeah. in this scene is so good, yeah. Which honestly, it did. It sucks it didn't make it into the movie, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough to watch. I remember because we did the episode, and I forget what rating Seth gave it, but he came back. So we record once a week. He came back a week later, and he was like, "I'm changing." And he, those two, Jess Seth never change their ratings on anything. They're fucking sticklers. They they rate it that they keep it. I change my <laughs> shit all the time, so. It drives him nuts. But he came, he was like, I'm changing my rating on this. He was like, I cannot get that scene out of my head. He's like, I've been thinking about it for a week. Mm-hmm. Damn. So. It's great. Yeah, Brooke. I mean, you, you got to watch that. Yeah. I mean, I even had a note, like, why do a flashback of like her like death when it's not really a death? Mm-hmm. But obviously because like Josh mentioned in her text, like the MPAA, obviously that wasn't, was too brutal to put in the theatrical version. Her actual death, like you don't see actually what happens. Oh, really? So the only difference is like really the aftermath of it. Oh, okay. Like you don't see Michael like going to town on her or anything like that. Yeah, you do. Oh, you, okay. you, uh, I don't think it's as brutal as you would think it would be, but you do get to see more of it. And then I mean, yeah. you can see the room, right? Yeah, yeah. But Lori finds her, but the, the heart-wrenching part is when her dad finds her because you mm-hmm. get to see all of these flashbacks. And, and like I said, you get to see, and his. I think it mostly shows Brad Dorff's face, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And like, you yeah. can see everything that he is thinking at that moment. Well, again, why he's holding his dead daughter in his arm. It's, mm-hmm. dude, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's similar to what happens in the first Halloween too, like Rob Zombie's first Halloween when he find he finds her after she gets attacked by Michael the first time. Right. Does he not? Um is it not him that finds her? Uh I think he does find her. Yeah. I can't and remember. like that scene's emotional too. 
But not only that, it's the fact that it's Daniel Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's Jamie Lloyd. Like it's actually, yeah, it's coming around full circle. Exactly. It's the first time yeah. she's been killed in a Halloween movie, is it not? Well, no, because in that stupid fucking Paul Rudd movie, they kill her in the first five minutes of it in the that stupid basement scene, don't they? Was that her? Yeah, because she hands the baby to. Uh... Isn't that what the whole movie's about? Paul Rudd is protecting her baby. Yeah, but that's not Danielle Harris, though. No, but it's her character, Jamie Lloyd. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. No, it's not Danielle Harris. It's her character, Jamie Lloyd, but yeah. Nonetheless, dude, it's brutal. It's a fucking brutal scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It's right. Just got rid of it. <laughs> I'm um, a break. I'm before a break. we head into like the final scene here, there was one scene that uh, I wanted to bring up. Um, whenever... At the beginning, whenever Buddy gets killed and Lori is in the little like security hut, the like TV song in the background, it like plays a couple times during this movie. Was that that maybe like a show or like a movie that she watched like as a kid? It was a music video for Nights in White Satin. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's all I'm asking. And that like that shows when she's in the dream. Yeah, yeah, I know, but was like, did she dream that? Because like her mom used to play it when she was a kid, like with mm. Michael, maybe, or something like that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, because like this it's playing in her dream, but that it's also playing in her room while she's sleeping. Oh, okay. That's maybe that's why then. Yeah. So I don't know if it, and- it seemed like a bit like old timey. Mm-hmm. And um, Buddy. So Buddy is the name of the security guard. It's also the name of her bear. Oh, really? Because later in the movie, she's got the bear, and she's like, oh, Buddy, thank God you're here, or something like that. But she's talking Hmm. to the bear and calls it Buddy. So again, Hmm. it all comes around full circle, and all the shit she's dreaming is things that are going on around her. Jeez, it's almost like Rob Zombie knows what the fuck he's doing, eh? He gets uh, no credit for it, but he does. <laughs> and uh, quickly, I wanted to mention the death. We only talked about the one stripper scene uh, or the strip club scene death, but the actual like owner and the stripper getting killed. Yeah. Like the fucking owner gets his like arm like fucking snapped in two. Uh, yes. I've seen that happen way too many fucking times this week, man. <laughs> Watching these Saw movies and then this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, he's like grossing hey, me out. What's he tell her he's gonna do her in the Frankenstein mask? Yeah, yeah. So oh, boobs, good. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> so gross. And then when the the bouncer's leaving, he's like, "Enjoy the herpes, old man." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, about to like give it to her, like doggy style. And Michael just shows up at the door. He's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Oh, dude, it's so great. But I think there's something going on with those two because when the bouncer goes outside. He calls her a two-faced bitch. So I think mm-hmm. they were working yeah. together. She was distracting the club owner while he was stealing the money is what was happening. Oh. Something definitely like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, getting into this last scene, I fucking loved the WWE fucking car flip that Michael <laughs> does in this. Dude, <laughs> so good. Do you think Tyler Main could actually flip that car? No. You don't think so? No. no, he's a big dude, but no, it's a small car though. He's actually really goofy. You ever watch you? You follow him on Instagram? I don't know. He's a real funny dude. Is he? Yeah. 
But uh, it, I thought I thought that scene was so ridiculous, but so funny. Oh my! This God. is why you don't stop on the side of the road. No, I would whenever never. Whenever you no. see a girl in the middle of it, especially a hot one, dude. No way. Yeah. Why is yeah. she out there? Yeah. Why is she all bloody? I'd pick up an ugly one first. Like it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just keep just on driving flips the car grabs uh lori and takes her to his uh his little shed he has um this is where you ha- see young michael and uh was it deborah yes deborah kind of like holding lori down you see her struggling then michael comes and loomis shows up and the whole squad shows up um basically loomis <laughs> gets killed by michael um, so we talked about the ending of the version I watched. So go into your version. Mark, you so want to do ver- it? Yeah, sure. So um, he takes her, he takes Lori to that shed. And then um, Loomis gets tipped off or he sees it on the news or something like that, that they're there. And then all of a sudden the cops surround them. There's a helicopter flying overhead with like the spotlight shining down into like this fucking thing is like tore apart, obviously. And then, excuse me, um, Loomis shows up and goes in and um, Lori's freaking out because young Michael has a hold of her. Like she sees it as him having a hold of her. And Loomis tries to calm her down and tell her like, nobody's, nobody has a hold of you. Like you're fine. There's nobody there, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, Loomis and Michael go out of the cabin. I don't know why. Loomis, uh, Michael throws him through the wall. Oh, Michael throws him through. Right, right, right. And then Michael ends up stabbing him in the stomach, and he speaks at this point. And he, he what's he say? Die? Die. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all he says is die. And he stabs him in the stomach, and then Loomis is down on the ground, and then uh, the cops shoot the fuck out of Michael and kill him. And then Lori comes out and picks up his big ass knife that he has and stands over top of Loomis like she's about to stab him and then like she gets shot three times and Sheriff Brackett tells all the guys to uh, tells all the cops to cease fire and then the end scene is Lori in like a white insane asylum and she she kind of like looks up at the yeah that's the same as like that white part when she's at the asylum it's the same as the theatrical version yeah i think i definitely agree with josh i think i like my version better than that yeah your version would definitely be more symbolic to what rob zombie was trying to portray in this movie yeah i like the theatrical ending better than the yeah because you actually see laurie stabbing michael after he gets shot by bracket oh really yeah okay he's like impaled on kind of like this fencing um and then loomis is fucked up he's dead he destroys loomis and then the theatrical like he he really he holds him up and you can see loomis's face is like hanging off and he's got like all these cut marks like he destroys loomis yeah because he was going to him like cuts his face like five or six times but yeah laurie picks up the knife and just starts stabbing the fuck out of Michael and then walks out with a mask on. It's fucking terrifying. It really is. It hmm. is. It's a, a breathtaking scene uh, in the theatrical one. The Again, I prefer the theatrical one. I think that I get 
Rob Zombie's version in the director's cut, he's trying to end the story, right? They obviously, the studio wants that theatrical version because they can keep making more movies. Rob <laughs> Zombie's was, hey, here's the end of this fucking story. It's weird to see the difference because, like, in the director's cut, she goes to kill Luke. Yeah, because Loomis is still kind of alive. Yeah. I think, she she's stands, going, I think she's going to kill him. Yeah, she stands over him with the knife, but in the theatrical version, she's killing Michael. Yes. She's attacking Michael. Brackett, she, Brackett has a scope on his gun. He can see into the cabin. He shoots Michael a couple times, which pushes him back into the side of the cab, which has all these uh, like pipes hanging out of it. Yeah. He's impaled on the pipes. Lori walks up to him, and she touches the mask. And Michael's arm comes up with his humongous, like the biggest fucking Michael Myers knife ever, mm-hmm. holds it up, and he dies. And then you see her pick the knife up. And at first, I thought she was cutting his head off. <laughs> but she walks out of the... So it pans out of the cabin. She walks out of the cabin, and she has the mask on. And it's it's terrifying. And she falls mm. to the ground, and I think she takes it off. And then that's when Brackett walks up to her or whatever, and then it goes into that uh, uh, medical room she's in. So why, at the end of that version... Is she still in that uh, medical ward? Because I think she has officially become Michael. She is Michael. She's not. Yeah. She became what Michael is. She sees the white horse. She sees Deborah. Deborah's now guiding her as to what she's supposed to do, like she was doing Michael. Again, I think this is a large part of the issue between the studio and Rob Zombie is that they wanted a version of the story they can keep making movies off of, whereas he wanted to end the story. His version of the story is they are all reunited in death. Yeah, but I mean, at the Which, end of the at the end of the director's version, like you can understand her going in there because she technically tried to kill Loomis. Like she was going to stand over him and stab him with a knife. So yeah, you can you understand why she would be there. But you don't have to be in an insane asylum if you killed someone. You can be there for other reasons. Mm-hmm. But that's like, what I mean. Was like clearly we- unstable. Like she kept thinking she was seeing like her family and people were holding her down and like she mm. lost everyone in her life. So actually she's not like stable. So I yeah. think, and then she puts the mask on with the knife and comes out. So obviously she's a little fucked up. Yeah, that's true. I like both versions. I get why each version is what it is. The theatrical version, obviously the studio wants to make more movies, right? If Halloween's a cash cow. If zombie yeah. was going to do it or not, they likely would have wanted to make another one they were going to do this one without him so why wouldn't they do a third one without him but then i see where his story he's like hey this is the story i've told my story yeah so both of them are good obviously they're different in where they go and where they lead but i think uh the the director's cut version as a whole is a better story the theatrical version, in my opinion, just has that. And again, maybe it's for nostalgic reasons. I don't know, but I just remember her coming out of that cabin with that mask on, and it was just terror. It was like it was. I got goosebumps. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that version, like just the ending of it tonight. I think it's on YouTube. Well, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had to check. Like, I went online to see the length of each cut. To make sure I was watching the right one. Well, actually, I have the director's cut on DVD, but um, yeah, and I like once I knew that Amazon had the uh, the theatrical version. 
Yeah, I love it that I told you, hey, make sure you watch the director's cut because I have the freaking Blu-ray director's cut and then I'm lazy and I'm upstairs. Like, I don't want to go down to my freaking office and get the director's cut. I'll, I know it's I have the streaming version of it. I'll just watch it. And then as soon as it got to that stupid pig, I'm like, damn it, man. <laughs> like I turned into freaking Richard Brake. Like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And Abby's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, this is the wrong movie. She's like, what do you mean it's the wrong movie? And how long? Why did it take you this long to realize it? <laughs> I was supposed to watch the original Halloween too. Yeah, and she's like, what? It doesn't yeah. matter. How many times have you seen this fucking movie? I'm like, yeah, you're right. But hey, at least you get to add it to your list now. Is it not on there? I don't know. Is it? Well, you guys caught me sandbagging, so I got to watch myself now. Brooke did. I didn't. Yeah, you freaking sniper. I don't hey, pay I was, that much I was, attention. I was helping you, man. Come on. I had it's them keeping, all written down. I knew <laughs> I knew what they were on there. <laughs> uh, Hold note on us so we slow down. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to add before we wrap this up? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, mean, I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything. Mm-hmm. Well, already. Well, that's the way the blood splatters. Yo, yo, yo. If you watch the director's cut. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> alright who wants to go first with their reviews uh, the guest uh, man you guys always make me go first I never go first on my show and I always gotta go first on this one that's fine <sighs> stories first right yep alright you guys this probably is not gonna be a shocker to you I went 9 out of 10 on story I think the story is fucking great you go from the first movie, complete Michael Myers story. This is Laurie's freaking descent into madness, and I think he does a great job. And the more you watch it, the more you think about it, you pick up on other things, like I said, which really just shows you how many layers to the story there are when you think about Laurie having these dreams, and she's actually the one conjuring up these dreams. Um, and then he even made Michael more brutal. And then when you think about why Michael's killing who he's killing, and who's directing him to do these things? I, I think it's a, a great story. So I went 9 out of 10. Quality? Mm-hmm. Nine, 9 out of 10 quality for me. I love this movie. It's brutal. You get the Michael grunting. He's fucking menacing. He's just... This is the Michael Myers I want. Like He is terrifying. You look back at the other Michael Myers movies, and he's not scary whatsoever. I'm not going to lie. He's, mm. he's not scary. Tyler Mayne, biggest guy to ever play Michael Myers. I think the effects were really good. Like that scene where he holds Loomis up and he's got cuts all over him when he smashes the bouncer's face. Um, I see the Loomis part. I think a lot of the shots are done really well also. Like how they really pan in how disgusting, it's terrible to say, but how disgusting Richard Brake's mouth is. Like, and he really shows you that. (laughs) When he cuts his head off with the knife, I just think that all the shots are done really well. Um, And the the communication the talking back and forth between the characters the acting is all done really well but i think rob zombie gets a lot of shit for his writing and i think in this movie and again i'm a big hillbilly i love this hellbilly stuff he does and they brought it to halloween mm-hmm. but i think he brought that rob zombie style to this movie in the way the characters communicate which i know a lot of people don't like but i do nine out of ten i'll go all right i want to say i want to save brooks to the end <laughs> <laughs> I originally gave my story a 5 out of 10, but I'm going to up it to a 6 out of 10 after our discussion. Josh, you're not going to like this, but uh, I get the symbolism in this movie, but it's kind of fucking weird and out of place in the Michael Myers story. But upon this discussion, I don't mind it as much. 
the whole white horse and Deborah and young Michael thing just feels like another way to get Sherry Moon Zombie more involved with the movie. Uh, the descent of Lori is a nice touch and more realistic than the original Halloween 2. This girl has seen some shit and it would be enough to make anyone lose their mind. The ending leaves the big question of if Lori is going to follow Michael's footsteps as we see her look into the camera with a look of lunacy on her face. Uh, Zombie didn't want to make this movie and it shows in my opinion. He didn't make a terrible movie, but you can tell his heart isn't in it like it was in the first one or most of his other movies for that matter. Uh, so that's why I gave it a six out of 10. My quality, I gave it a seven out of 10. I said the acting for the most part was good. Uh, I found Lori pretty fucking annoying in this movie, but again, it's understandable. Uh, just like, I don't know. I, I, I honestly found Daniel Harris pretty fucking annoying in this movie too. <laughs> 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 uh josh has uh, left the left the room what? <laughs> 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 sit back down put the headphones on let me explain there's something about women in their like 20s like mid twenties playing high school girls that just kind of drives me a little crazy sometimes. That's what I mean by it. Some of the dialogue, like when Annie is talking to the police officer that's guarding the house, that whole dialogue that she has with him, like, Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Like just shit like that drove me crazy. He's pulling up his sleeves like he's going to fucking jump to the screen at me right now. Um, Where am I in my notes here? Fuck sakes. Uh, Michael's kills were brutal and graphic, and I'm all for it, even if it does go against the usual Michael Myers-type murders. Uh, As is usually the case with Rob Zombie, the soundtrack was incredible. I found a lot of the movie was a little too dark, and some of the scenes were hard to distinguish what was actually going on. I feel like I had a case of what happened with Brooke in that one movie. I can't remember which one it was. You complained that it was really dark. Starry eyes, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like there were quite a few scenes that dragged on and didn't necessarily need to be in the movie. Uh, I love Tyler main as Michael. I don't care what anybody says. His on-screen presence is huge and it makes him more believable to be this unstoppable force that Michael Myers is supposed to be. So six out of 10 and a seven out of 10. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit scores aren't that bad i don't think that matters right now i don't think it does either i don't get i don't get it i decide i thought you were an intelligent man i don't know what happened here okay you don't understand you don't i don't you know. just insulted the man you didn't even apologize yeah I'm dude sorry. you stuck it in my ass and then spit on it <laughs> You invite me on here and you deliver us me in front of all these people. You haven't even listened to Brooks reviews yet. I, at this point, if you know what's going to I'm gaping open. What, what does it matter now? I, mean, I like I have, the movie. I have nothing bad to say about I'm like, I'm like Jody Foster and the accused. <laughs> I like the movie. The accused is a terrible movie. No, I like this movie. <laughs> I'm just joking. It was good. It was I'm just good. kidding. It's your rating, dude. You can make it whatever you want. I don't get upset. I'm not even. I'm not even mad. Well, you just fucking stormed upstairs and 
I just needed a beer. Yeah. All right. So my reviews, these are based on the theatrical version. I have never seen the director's cuts. And this is before I learned about all the shit with a zombie and all the shit he had to deal with. So for my story, I originally gave it a two out of 10. Um, I'm going to bump it up to a four. Um, I really do not like how zombie handled this one, uh, AKA the studio. Um, I like the idea of having Lori become Michael and who she was meant to be, but I think it was executed poorly um, in my version. Uh, totally killed the Loomis character. He's an asshole who wrote a book about the Myers family and then doesn't even care that he's missing. Uh, the worst part about this movie is bringing back Michael's mom and the young Michael. Um, I just didn't like how they ex- executed it. Um, I thought it was just another zombie flick he made just to cast all his friends and wife in. Which, by the sounds of it, he didn't even want to make it in the first place. So I guess he just said, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll hire my friends. Um, too many flashbacks as well. I'm just sitting here watching Josh this whole time. <laughs> so I'll go with a 4 out of 10. And quality, I originally gave it a 4 out of 10, but I will bump it up to a 6. Uh, I said not a poorly made movie, but not great. Um, the acting was fantastic, especially from Taylor Scale Compton. I thought the kills were brutal, and Michael is a very intimidating man. So revised scores are a four and a six. At least I didn't fuck her name up. What? <laughs> Taylor. Scout Taylor Compton. Same shit. You guys have no respect for this movie. Like, huh? oh, it's late, boys. So I'm gonna have to get out of here. Just thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> lucky i like you guys so much come on it wasn't as bad as it could have been we had this great discussion and then you guys give it shitty reviews like what i just wasted dude fucking- i gave it 13 out of 20 that's like a solid six and a bit out of 10. six and a bit what is <laughs> could you get any more canadian take the canada out of your mouth <laughs> open your mouth and pull the canada out of it i'm gonna Fuck off one sec. <laughs> okay. Sixty-five percent. I gave it a sixty-five percent. That's better than most people give. I think it's like a oh, are you gonna do the rotten tomatoes thing? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sure. sorry. And All Josh, right, I'll be the reason we have you on is to have the discussion with us to change our minds on movies. Which you did. You succeeded. And and in turn, we succeeded for bringing the right guest onto the episode. Went from a 2 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10, dude. Don't put That's lipstick better. on a pig and try to sell it to me. It's a pig with lipstick on it. Hey, it's... maybe that will change when I watch the director's cut, which apparently is a better movie. It will. It will, because I tell exactly. you what, if, if it doesn't, I'm sending Seth up to Canada. <laughs> you want to talk about lipstick on a pig? You don't want to see his pig with lipstick on it, okay? <laughs> oh, shit. All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. <clears throat> Zombie shows flashes of vision in the follow-up to his Halloween reboot, but they're smothered by mountains of gore and hackneyed brutal violence. Yeah, like it's a Rob Zombie movie, you moron. <laughs> they say it like it's a bad thing. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, this is going to get like 100. <laughs> Josh, do you know the score? I know what it is, yes. 
Okay. Brooke, you want to guess? Uh, I'm going to go with a 36%. Mm. Lower. Wow. They gave it a 21%. (laughs) Ouch. On 80 (laughs) reviews and a 4.1 out of 10. I think Brooke even gave it a better. Yeah, he did. You would have gave it a straight 50% because you said a four and a six. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There Hmm. we go. The audience scored it a 45% on 250,000 reviews and a three out of five out of three out of five out of 10. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Three out of five average score. So that is 60%. It's like six in a bit. (laughs) Six in a bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Fuck. (laughs) Shit. You guys ready for the scare rating? Scare section? Jesus Christ. What about Letterboxd? Oh, yeah, the Letterboxd rankings. Hmm. God damn it. Brooke, do you have them? Uh, Yeah, one sec. Well, who's going to get them first? Uh, So on Letterboxd, it is rated a 2.3 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy Slashing Captain, he gave it a 3.5. Yeah. Uh, Mark gave it a 3. Josh gave it a four and a half. Um, I gave it a two, and Jensen from the Fright Crew gave it a two and a half. So I changed all over the board. I changed mine to a three and a half. Wow, because well, I didn't update it. Well, I just did. Uh, four and a half, Josh. Yeah. Sheesh. Well, it's actually four point six. I just can't do a six on there because they don't—they're not accommodating to the HMC rating scale. Okay, it's a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of movies we got to rate. We want to make sure we lock it in at the correct mm. decimal. Okay, I don't know what you guys call decimals up there. You know, a number and a bit. We want to make sure the a bit. We want to make sure the a bit is right on point. Okay, we want the right a bit per movie. So we don't, you know, we lock it in. Letterbox, they're trying to. Like everything today, they want to put you in a box. I, well, you can't do that. We're the HMC. We do whatever the fuck we want. It's literally called letterboxed. Yeah. What am I thinking? Me? I'm, I'm taking myself off there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I automatically win her competition. Then, I guess. Fuck you, you do. I'm still in it. Wait till you guys see the second page of movies I haven't put in there yet. Oh, you son of a bitch. No, nah, I'm kidding. I didn't. All right. You guys ready for the scare section? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Josh, yes. what'd you give for a scare rating? You guys sitting down for this? Nope. I gave it a one zero out of ten. A ten out of ten for scary, because this movie is brutal. It's menacing, it's terrifying, it's psychologically superior to most other movies. I'm sorry. Hmm. It is. You can't tell me after this two hour discussion we just had that you disagree with me. It's the most brutal Michael Myers ever. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of the slasher genre, which is my favorite subgenre of horror, this is has to be one of your top tiered slasher villains. How can you argue against it? This version of Michael or Michael as a whole? No, this version of Michael. The regular Michael is a little uh, not menacing whatsoever. I talked about it earlier. He's not even scared. Dude, he gets poked in the eye with a clothes hanger. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Laurie Strode shot him in the face from two inches away from him, and he's up moving around, killing Bobby Boone out in the, or Mark Boone, whatever his name is. Bobby Boucher, he killed him. <laughs> 
Now, uh, Tenet, dude, this... If I let my nephew, who's getting into horror movies right now, watch this movie, it would ruin him. How old is he? Uh, 10, 11, 12? I don't know. Mm. So he watched the Fear Street movies. He just sent me, while we were on here, he sent me a, the, tra- the trailer for Halloween Kills. Like, I haven't seen it mm. yet. But he sent it like, <laughs> hey, man, see this? Like, yeah, like two okay. years ago. Anyway, he's young, but... So he's 10 and a bit. He's, t- he's yeah. <laughs> You know, he's 10 in a bit. Not that much in the horror movie. I, I envision that's how you guys talk. You don't. But yeah, he's 10 in a bit. Um, I want him to watch Scream. I think Scream, he could do Scream. He could not do this. No. This movie no. would make him shit to bed. Well, yeah, because you'd have to watch the first one first. Nonetheless, anybody. Dude, this movie's terrifying. It has to, you can't say it's not. 10 out of 10. I'm not going to justify my picks anymore. I'm talking to a, wall, a fucking wall at this point. A wall of fucking abits. What's your scariest scene, Mister Ten out of Ten? Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Um, the scariest scene. I wrote it down somewhere. I'm sure of it. Let's see. Uh there's two. So the opening hospital scene, I think, is fucking brilliant. Again, it's the the most brutal you're gonna get to see Michael. That whole that whole section, even starting with Richard Brake, where he cuts his head off with a piece of glass, and you see the whole thing. Um, so that's like scary to see somebody do that right but i think scary like again i talked about how psychologically terrifying this movie is the annie death scene for me was and again it stuck with seth for weeks after watching it it's just one of those scenes that sticks with you and you the more you think about it, it's just depressing i guess depressing is the best way to put it but it's for them to have been able to do that it means it's pretty fucking good so the opening scene is great based on the brutality of Michael. That Annie scene is just heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you survive? Um, If I was in Haddonfield, Illinois, probably not. Um, But I'm going to take the easy way out and say, yes, I'll just stay away from Illinois altogether. Mm. 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 In a bit. <laughs> What about you, Brooke? Uh, so I gave it a four out of ten for a scare rating. Uh, I said there were some jump scares and some very gory and brutal kills. Uh, scariest scene I said when Michael smashed through the window of the van that had Lori's friend in it. Um, just like the jump scare got me, and then it kind of like went back to the old like slasher cliche: of people having sex, getting killed. They didn't really do anything to. To Michael or to Deborah, he just said, you know, hey, fuck it. These people are having sex. Let's just kill them. They weren't, though. No way that dude was getting laid. Aren't the virgins usually supposed to survive? Oh, but uh, yeah. No, he wasn't good. And that girl was not a virgin, but man, did she look good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She looked familiar, actually, to me a bit. I looked her up. Uh, Fuck. What was she in? She was in something not too long ago that we watched. Um, and then would I survive? I said yes, because I haven't done anything to Michael or Deborah to deserve a death. Mm, that's solid. So so let me ask a question real quick, just for the, yeah. the viewers out there that are in, in their car driving right now, wondering the same thing. What would warrant a 10 out of 10 for you guys in the scare section? Because I mean, story and quality, we can kind of talk to with bullet points, but scare is more like a personal opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. uh, for me probably like gore, gorish. Mm. Like I think I gave I saw the devil a pretty high score on the on the scary, and I think if I remember correctly, 
Probably more like the the grossness of it. Okay. For me. So something that's real gross. You can't. You gotta like turn your head when it's happening. Like ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, for me, scary is shit that sticks with me. I think about it, and I'm like, God, I couldn't imagine being like in that situation, like the Annie thing. That's terrifying to me. Like that ever happening to one of my kids, I just couldn't imagine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's like one that's based on your. I don't know. I guess story and quality. You could say the same thing, but I think scared because different things scare different people, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. me, it's like the paranormal shit. Like not like fucking paranormal activity, but like. The Conjuring, yeah, the Conjuring two, like I'd give that shit like a nine or a ten. Okay, that's fair. You yeah. you probably heard my theory on all that stuff. It does shit doesn't scare me at all. I think it's hocus pocus, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that girl was in the Final Girls movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, she is. She's the hey, you came back. Isn't yeah, that her? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's her. Uh, my scare rating, I gave it a four to ten as well. I said it's easily the most brutal and violent adaptation of Michael Myers to date, but Halloween kills may top it. Who knows? Uh, the kills were nuts and the bloodshed was abundant. The darkness of the movie was effective sometimes, even though I did complain about it previously. Uh, Michael's worn and tattered mask upped the creepy factor as well. Because it's not just a plain ass white mask throughout the whole movie. Uh, my scariest scene, Josh, I did say that uh, that opening hospital scene. <clears throat> um, just the fact, like, even though it is just a dream, but, like, just the fact that Lori, like, she can't run. She's got that walking boot on. She's slipping and sliding and falling and fucking has to go down on her ass down the stairs. And then she finally gets outside and she has to, like, crawl across this fence. <laughs> and then she falls into a fucking <laughs> dumpster full of dead bodies. Like, it's crazy. And then, like, once she finally gets to the to the security guard like outpost kind of thing like that's its own scary ass scene in its own sense like apart from everything that we just witnessed um because she's hiding under that desk and michael's just busting through the wall um so yeah that whole sequence is my scariest scene for sure uh would i survive i said yeah because if i managed to survive the first attack from michael myers i'd be on the first plane overseas as i don't <laughs> think michael would make it past airport security <laughs> uh, huh that's fair that's all she wrote hmm. not nice. as long as brooks thought it was gonna be no. no you have to also consider our one episode went so long because we did two movies so when you think about it we went for almost what three and a half hours or was it over we went for three hours and 37 minutes is the length of the episode okay but if you divide it by a bit of two then like really it's not that bad <laughs> <laughs> that is true all right so this episode concludes our september sequels um we'll be moving into our october episodes but i don't think we're going to disclose what that is going to be yet josh do you want to plug your podcast yeah perfect i am one third of the horror movie crew podcast we're a weekly horror podcast we do episodes every week we pick a certain theme for the month and then we pick movies within that theme that we go through scene by scene we discuss what we like what we didn't like about the movie we have a rating system at the end we call it stabbies it's a stabby scale out of five at the end, we'll average it out and give you the HMC's average Stabby's rating. Uh, I think we are where you should be going to get your horror movie ratings and reviews, not those other folks like Rotten Tomatoes. They're a bunch of crooks. DM me and we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> we're available on all 
major podcast platforms. We are at Horror Movie Crew Podcast on social media. Our hub is really Instagram. If you go to Instagram, you can go to our link tree. You can find merch, a uh, link to our Patreon accounts. Become a patron. There's three different tiers. We put out a lot of extra content. You can also get the episodes early, which a lot of people take advantage of. So usually the episodes are out on Sundays before they drop on Thursdays. So you get them almost a week early. And uh, there's some other perks and stuff. So go to our Instagram account to see our link tree and get merch, join Patreon, and find out where you can listen to us. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that's it. Pretty good. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) <laughs> as for us if you guys want to find us on social media we are at a podcast on elm street uh just like the hmc our central hub is instagram as uh, most people's is um we also have a link tree if you want to check out our merch um or patreon as well if you wish to support the podcast that way there's also links to our discord channel our twitch account and anywhere that you can listen to us and our letterbox accounts are on there now as well and I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks, Josh, for coming on. Always a blast. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, recording with you guys here in a few weeks for our uh, HMC and Friends episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is coming yeah. up. Except it'll only be me. Yes. Ah, that's true. Yes. And you're only going to hear it if you're a patron. So go sign Ooh. up now. Hell, if you mm-hmm. want, just sign up for a month so you can get all the extra episodes. I mean, that'd be kind of mm-hmm. shitty of you to do, but you could do it if you're a dickhead. And you can get merch from them too for nah, what, 20 we don't, bucks. That's the thing. We're a little bit smarter than some people, so we don't send out the merch <laughs> until you've been a patron for six months. Then you get your t-shirts and stuff. But honestly, uh, that's how it goes. it's a great deal. <laughs> you, you're silly not to do it. And you know what? Why not support your favorite independent podcast? We're not on Spotify. We're not Joe Rogan. We didn't sign a multi-million dollar deal. We do this and lose money doing it, but we enjoy it so much that we do it anyway. <laughs> Join our patron people. Come on. We put a lot of content out for you guys it's great and honestly i forgot to say this but we are more of a comedy podcast disguised as a oh, horror movie podcast so when you listen to us do not tune in expecting some analytical analysis of the movie from a technical technical standpoint you're not going to get that our stabby scale is how much we enjoyed the movie we're not going to go into color breakdowns that you see on the tv we're not going to go into a bunch of technical specifications it's not what we do we joke around we make fart jokes we make fun of each other we make fun of canadians we have a good time <laughs> you're gonna laugh you're gonna have fun come hang they out think, with us they think they're funny we do <laughs> <laughs> no it's always a pleasure having you on we appreciate it and uh yeah, yeah. you'll be on again in the near future obviously i look forward to it maybe we can get outside of rob zombie or scream and and i don't know maybe talk about something else all right. Let me down for that. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. <laughs>